0: You want to scoot in a bit? You're offering. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's nice and cozy. So why don't you tell us like a bit
1: about uh, a bit about the festival you were just starts. It's San Remo Festival. It's uh, organized by Diego Campagna, uh, guitarists that graduated from Salzburg with Elia Fitz. Mm-hmm. Pretty big, actually. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. I mean, I unfortunately left like on the second day of the festival. Like, oh. I, mean, I had the concert on the second <laughs> yeah. night, and I had to come. So I cannot tell you a lot. But Sanremo is beautiful, though. Yeah. I mean, we played the uh, the concerts were at the casino at San Sanremo. They have this big hall. Wow. I was, Yeah, quite, quite, quite amazing. How many casinos have you played in, in your life? That's a good question. <laughs> I, think this, I think this may be the first, yes. Yeah. In casinos, uh, I, I can't recall, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Casino seems like a strange fit yeah, for classical guitar. Not a usual raw, but, Yeah, like. but they had actually a, a nice crowd of a lot of uh, people yeah, I mean, coming. Cool. Uh, the festival, uh, Solo do opened the festival the first night, and awesome. then I played yes. the, the second. And after me, the, the day I left on Wednesday was uh, Soran Dukic and, uh, wow. and Desiderio Nello playing. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, nice. it's, it's a pretty, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I was just like, wow. And now Elliot is arriving, Julio Tampalini played last night. Wow. I mean, I missed out, but yeah. you know, it was a good couple of days on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. nice view, nice atmosphere actually, and the <laughs> food was amazing, mm. amazing. Yes, it's still really nice in Italy even at this time of year. Hey, it must be. Yeah, well, they have like about 13 centigrades, oh, 13. Right. So, yeah. which is cold. They usually have about 18 at this time. Yeah. So they would yeah. complain. I guess everywhere, <laughs> everywhere is. But compared to Wisconsin, it's such a like that, uh, like, yeah. you know, stark contrast. <laughs> because yeah. when I left to Italy. It was like minus eleven. Yeah. In Milwaukee. It was like, oh man. Well, it got this really cold vortex that was like, yeah. for like oh, a week. One of those. And I got and I got yeah. that a little bit and then Italy and they were all complaining. I was like, Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like, This was my winter. I don't know. Past the wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it was it was just fun. It was, it was a lot I mean I I, I went with my wife. There to spend a couple days before the festival started just to relax and Mm play it, and now I'm here. All right. Yeah, still escaping the cold for the most (laughs) part. (laughs) That's right. Although I think Milwaukee today was not too bad, it was about two centigrades. Okay.
0: So the snow is still sticking
1: around, then probably. And a little bit, you know, we had already a couple big snowstorms. Yeah. So early in the year, everybody was complaining. It's like, no, no, (laughs) it's too early for traveling. But, you know, it happened. Yeah. All right.
2: So why don't we open up our magical box of surprises? So we have a bunch of viewer questions. questions Yeah. So these are from our viewers. (laughs) Are we live? Yeah, we're live. Hello.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Vancouver.
0: It's actually uh, international.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah well, know, you, might have, you yeah. might have one or two of your students on. Yeah, here, I, so we don't see, don't there's one person from China here, too. <laughs> Maybe I should... Ni <laughs> hao! Maybe I should just, like, a, um, tag in, in, in my Facebook. Yeah, sure, that'd be cool. Let me see where, you know, pass mm-hmm. me the information, and then we'll go to that immediately.
2: Awesome. Uh, so why don't I all introduce us while we're here? So on our far left, we have Joel. He's a local guitarist and teacher from Vancouver. Uh, we were colleagues and friends. We went to university together. He's a master's degree. Very fancy. And then, yes. next we have Rene Izquierdo. He's an amazing world-class guitarist. Oh, that face. <laughs> that face that every amazing guitar player makes when you say that about them. <laughs> uh, but he's the professor at Wisconsin State, and he graduated from Yale with a master's scholarship, award winner, competition winner, World tour, just all around, amazing. <laughs> Teacher, I just manage. I just managed yeah.
1: to be lucky enough to be living off the guitar, which yeah, is a yeah. lot that a lot, a lot more yeah. than a few people can say. In this. Yeah, it's amazing. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But I mean I, this, uh, well, you guys know, guitar is a brutal instrument, yeah. very difficult, yeah, yeah. and. and it's a humbling experience. Yeah. Every day, just <laughs> just when you think you have a grip of what things should be yes, like, yes. Then it gives you a, like a reality check. Yeah. It's very reassuring to hear you say. Yes. That, so. <laughs> well, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's I am always very inspired by by people, not only by you know people that try to play the guitar, but also by amateur players mm-hmm. that are trying to mm-hmm. to stay with it, which yeah. is like so. So difficult. My mother, when I was little, she told me, my son, don't be a musician. <laughs> something else. But, you know, life uh, made this round, and here we are. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 very, it's a very beautiful career. Yeah. Uh, and very inspiring, many times very tough, as I don't have to tell you. Yeah. Um, and the most difficult thing is, like, you know, it's, it's, we all trying to somehow stand out from the crowd, right. yeah. And maybe we should have uh, just a different way of thinking and looking at things. Instead of standing out, is how can we make ourselves more of a community? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> because it, it feels sometimes like everybody's fencing for their own survival, which is it's truth in every in every yeah, field yeah, yeah, anyhow. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, Community will be, will be better, more support. Mm-hmm. I mean, there should be enough for everyone, mm-hmm. or at least anyone that tries hard enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, if you're listening out there, just practice yes. and give it your best. That's all <laughs> we can do. You know, I I became happier playing guitar when I stopped comparing myself to what others could do. Yes. Mm. Then you know, start looking inwards. Rather than oh this guy can do this scale faster, they're like Anyhow, the only people that worry about that are guitarists. <laughs> it's like they're you're very not public. Small percentage <laughs> of your audience. So if, if you worry about that, stop it. It's like you're only addressing guitarists, which uh, they all have the same issues. Yeah. So, you know, I I I also try to. Now, of course, you need to put your beat when you program pieces. Yeah to address the guitar crowd and loves of it. but yeah. I also try to maintain some general public in mind without necessarily giving up my ideas, you know, mm. of, of what good programming is, but try to make things accessible, and then I throw here and there a couple more, more pieces so they can get a taste of it, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in general... General, you know, which should actually be addressing that other ninety-nine percent, right. which is the one that is gonna support us mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you, you know? found
2: that your playing's become like more soulful when you take this approach that you wanna like
1: make other people enjoy the experience compared to just like technical? Yeah. Well, the minute that you, the minute that you start worrying about playing for guitars, mm-hmm. then you, you, you're. you're Pressure level goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, way down. <laughs> right, you know, yeah. in the sense you still will, will deliver and do yeah, everything, but then you're not so concerned about trying to impress, right? And rather just delivering. Yeah. So it's not so much uh, anymore. It's always difficult. I still get nervous every time you perform. You, na- you need a little bit of that mm-hmm. adrenaline to like give a good performance, but um, but it's much more manageable, I think. Mm-hmm. And as you perform more and more, it's easier. Is somebody asking something. Uh, it's, it's a bad question, don't. <laughs> Which is? Uh, not, no, yeah. no <laughs> <you> <laughs> okay, I don't even want to know what it is. Okay, I will read it. I cannot see much. i, I glasses, so I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I know.
2: It's, uh, <laughs> it's really bad.
1: Come on, man, don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I saw that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I
2: don't know who's that, but exactly. it's <laughs> you guys know who? No, no. Okay. Sometimes people just come in and uh, there's some very special questions I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone no can access this. Yeah, so that's yeah. So I right. see. <laughs> okay. Uh, so now we have some more um, real viewer questions. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's on the topic of practicing. So they're asking, how do you practice? What does your typical session look like? Well, um,
1: nowadays I, I have to i travel a lot, so my practice time is very scarce. Yeah. And sparse, too. Um, so I actually learn how to properly practice now <laughs> that I have very little time. Because, yeah. you know, maybe if a day I have half an hour, an hour, that's oh a God. lot. So I need to make the most out of mm-hmm. that time. Um, but I did practice a lot before. Yeah. But I think like every student, I, I spend a lot of time just playing and playing and not really thinking mm-hmm. much you know which now I cannot afford so I try to now do increments of practicing on small the small increments so mm-hmm. I don't bench now and practice like I used to before like two three hours in a row without yeah. stopping because I understand now that it's very inefficient mm-hmm. in the sense that um, your attention span can only last for so long mm-hmm. like right. 20 25 minutes uh, At a time like actually that's a long by 25 minutes from uh, from a full hour that's what I'm trying to say like for a full hour you really will focus maybe 25 Mm -hmm. minutes the rest the rest of the time you are just moving your fingers yeah so now I try to take breaks and and do it throughout the day Mm -hmm. when I can you know sometimes it's doing is a little bit late and I just play even five minutes yeah in between you know Mm -hmm. and, and try to like stack up and, and it's not even about before you know everybody's concerned about a number I right? should practice x number of yeah. hours, but the reality is that you should practice whatever the demand of the program mm-hmm. that you're playing yeah. will ask from you right. so you know if it's uh, you know an hour and you achieve what you need it to achieve then it's fine yeah. um, I recommend. People to have like a practice log. Yeah. I, I mean, I unfortunately don't have <laughs> one, but you should do it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just because it, it, yeah. <laughs> well, it helps you like keep track of where you are at, yeah. like what you did, and like you know, and then just manage your time better. With mm-hmm. What parts or fragments? Uh, right now, I just go directly to what is problematic. Actually, yeah. I this, the same way I'm doing with learning mm-hmm. pieces now, but I need to learn pieces quick uh, manner I go directly to the difficult spots Mm -hmm. try to finger those and then work my way around that and then like so I stay with those Mm -hmm. and try to be sometimes very often now actually I try to finger without playing on the guitar just thinking because I discovered in my case and it's probably for many other people too that when when I start playing a piece Usually, the first fingers that you use are the ones that stick the most in your head. Mm -hmm. Maybe because it's the first experience that you have with the piece. I mean, I'm not sure why, but it sticks with Mm -hmm. you. And then it's a lot harder, even at at the early stage in the piece, to reassess and redo. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think carefully before even I put my fingers in the guitar. Like, what would it be? Like, look at the whole, you know... And, and ideally, what well, would be a good finger in there? Mm. And of course, when you try, uh, some, some of it wouldn't work at all, yeah. because one thing is the concept, and another one is the practical yeah. issue mm-hmm. of playing. But in general, go to the, to the specific spots. Don't, don't waste time. Think about when, when you're going to play. Mm-hmm. If you're going to repeat, why are you repeating? Why are you trying to achieve? Yeah. Don't try to keep too many goals you know, but rather keep goal-specific, like mm-hmm. I'm going to try to achieve this now, then that, and then accumulate from that. And then sometimes I would take a break from the piece, practice another piece, and then come back to yeah. that and see how many of those things actually stuck mm-hmm. or, you know, where yeah. I am with that. Yeah. So moving it around, mixing it up, yeah. is a good way to, to check, you know. and um, It probably keeps you more, more focused as well. Yeah, Exactly, you know, because your brain... Sometimes, what well, you need instead of just playing a piece for a full hour, you just need to like give the brain a different kind of activity <laughs> within the same. Yeah. So, you relax or you change uh, focus by just changing a piece, changing, mm-hmm. you know, whatever difficulty you're trying to, to accomplish. Yeah. So, uh, oh, mental practice or score practice. Yes, um, also, so failure. Like being able to like, uh, I do that right at the beginning of the yeah. piece. Like it's just when I started learning, I, I did that since I was very young. Um, I was when I was little, I wanted what well, little younger, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to to have perfect pitch. So I was yeah. like I was practicing all the time, like trying to get like melodies from from movies and tunes, and try to decipher the solfège with it, like and then try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then I did that also with all my pieces, which mm. is a, something that is not, um, not very strongly encouraged in, in the, in the university mm. no, no, the, mm. or, or conservatory yeah. settings. The students f- all, often feel that that's like a waste of time to have, to do side singing and like, and mm. what happened is the problem is the way it's done. It's not connected to their main instrument. Mm-hmm. You know they are doing a piano singing, but if they will actually do it the same of apply harmony. You know, we were all forced to do four by mm-hmm. four part reading on piano, but if you actually try to apply it and do the same concepts in your instrument, mm-hmm. then you will find a more direct yeah. literature of why you need that in the first place.
0: Have you looked at um, Jeffrey McFadden's work on that subject? Yes, yeah. it's very good. You okay. know, yeah. uh,
1: we have a class actually on uh, um, uh, you know fingerboard yeah. for guitars, okay. and it's quite actually that's an amazing good good source mm-hmm. to use you know um, for anyone do, do, yeah. uh, yes, go for, for
0: anyone that doesn't know we're, we're talking about a uh, uh, university professor at, at University of Toronto uh, wrote his I believe it was his DMA In thesis DMA dissertation, his, yes. yeah 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 on, uh, on fretboard harmony uh, you yeah. can look it up online you can find it on Google just by Googling that
1: it will do a couple things it will improve your sight reading and then it will help you also understand harmonically the instrument <laughs> much better so I mean I can it's not that when you're performing, you're singing all the notes and stuff, mm-hmm. but, but it helps the pitch with no name, relationship, and placement. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, like if, if you, like if I have a brain uh, lapse, I still know what the melody is, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, I can yeah. follow the line, and sometimes yeah, I'm, able, your hands, I'm no. able to fake it through <laughs> a passage yeah, yeah. just by no I saw, by the way, John Williams doing that with Asturias, <laughs> really? which is like something that in 92nd Street White Concert, like a piece that, you know, you will think that he will never, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's played so much, mm-hmm. and the passage of um, between, before the middle section, yeah. when it goes mm-hmm. up and finishes on harmonic, he completely, like... <laughs> made up whatever and the vision harmonic. I was like, wow, I was pretty impressed because he did it in such a natural way yeah. that whoever does not know the piece wouldn't even mm-hmm. guess that, yeah. like, what the heck just happened yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, and that's what the first time I started thinking, like, wow, you know, it's not about making the mistakes, it's about how you present, yes, even <laughs> the mistakes yeah, yeah. so they don't sound like one. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, I was very impressed by that, and, and then. Knowing going back to the fact of the sight reading versus playing and knowing the notes, and if a situation like that occurs, immediately the your know, subconscious will already come back and, and use the soft and all of mm-hmm. this to like try to figure yeah. out your way through that. Mm-hmm. Plus, it helps in memory and focus mm-hmm. on concentration
2: a lot. Yeah. yeah, we got a couple of questions. Uh, so uh, recently added piano and singing to your days because uh, you sucked at learning ear training on guitar. Any advice on keeping the progress going or anything you should worry about with learning ear training this way? So like supplementing piano and singing with the guitar for ear training.
1: Uh, I actually had the same problem in, 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 in with ear training. Like, I was not very good at it uh, because I started music late, like when I was 14. So it's, it's quite late for, uh, for Cubat standards, you know, they have this Russian school method. The, the idea is like, and now they even have applications on the phone that helps with like, you know, pitch relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not about, uh, I understand now that it's not so much about trying to acquire perfect pitch, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you don't have it, it's very, uh, very difficult to acquire. Yeah. <laughs> but to actually understand more relative pitch. Mm-hmm. I think that's much more important, understand the intervalic relationships and and just, you know, do, re, do, ti, do, re, do, ti, do, mi, do, la, do, mi, do, le, do, you know, and then just Mm. working your way through all the the intervals so you understand pitch and note and sound. Mm. And, you know, so I would do it just, I was on the bus stop and just, uh, you know, thinking of, I don't know, uh, like back then, you know, it was... Star Wars, any of the things you can imagine, things that, uh, uh, you know, that appeal to you and and you have no idea what the notes are, try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then just try to sing and then, uh, you know, like sometimes I will walk around with an A440 and then from time to time it's... (laughs) And then you will just shake and then you start singing around, like just intervals from that. So, of course, the piano will help. But I think it's much more useful if you are a guitarist to do it on the guitar mm-hmm. because then the sound and the, the sound that is projected by the instrument and the association of the sound yeah. position and note name mm-hmm. will actually help to be a little bit much more because you're uh, aware of that because you're much more exposed to guitar. Mm-hmm. If you're practicing, that you are to piano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, piano is a very important instrument mm-hmm. in many ways because the way it's laid out is a lot simpler to understand. Yeah. The guitar is, is, you know, much more difficult yeah, than, uh, to best. understand. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. When they throw that third in there on those fourths, oh, first, okay. they mess everything up. Yeah. You know, like it's not so, by the way, for many of the other instruments, like mm-hmm. string instruments, like violins. Mm-hmm. Everything is, that is, you know, pitch. Um, tuned by fifth, everything sequentially fits and yeah. they, they understand a lot easier, the yeah. layout, yeah. Yeah. you know? I mean, if we
0: only had four strings, then it would all be in fourths, for us. I right. know, it would be <laughs> <you>. <laughs> but then yeah. Yeah.
2: there would be other issues. Yes. Yeah. 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 And a follow-up on that, um, when you're doing the
1: solfege, do you do fixed dough or movable dough? Good question. Everywhere in the yeah. United States they, they, they teach uh, a movable dough, yeah. which for the sake of understanding uh, the harmonic structure yeah. and, and the, you know, the relationships mm-hmm. is easier. Yeah. However, it's not functional when it comes to guitar. Because when you are, or, or any other instrument, mm-hmm. if you're trying to apply it, because what happens? So, to answer your question, I do fixed do mm-hmm. Because I want to know, when I play do that it's always do. Right. I don't want to call it mi or la or anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. do. Mm. it's so, like if we had a movable A or something yeah right. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so I'd like for those students that are having that problem then I tell them do ABCDFG. Yeah. yeah don't worry <laughs> but like if, if you're gonna do so mm. do fixed though because mm. that way the pitch relationship mm. it, it remains yeah. you know name not name pitch relationship and, and you know intervallic relationship yeah. maintains uh, I have very big discussions with uh, music teachers, of mm-hmm. uh, theory teachers, that they, you know, are pretty behind the the uh, movable do idea, mm-hmm. and I understand why. Yeah. But when it comes to learning the fingerboard and understanding intervalic relationships, mm-hmm. it's just create a mess in your head because if you are in one key and then you modulate, then the new key becomes do, and then mm-hmm. you're losing kind of your track. Meanwhile, if you're doing fixed do, you kind yeah. of because of the notes mm-hmm. names, keep changing, mm-hmm. you kind of maintain your relationship. Yeah. But also, although, you know, although I'm saying that is it is also true that any given skill, if you do it long enough and you're familiar enough, you'll find the use for it. Mm-hmm. You know, if if your thing is movable though and you're good at it yeah. and you can serve by it, then God bless you, that's great. Mm-hmm. Do it and and it will, you know, only prove your playing. Yeah. It will enhance your playing. If yours is Fixed though, then all the better. If yours is ABC, whatever all the uh, ways you can use to maintain mm-hmm. all the all the things, other tools to learn that is not necessarily muscle memory. Yeah, because muscle memory can be very. Uh, it's very useful, but it's also very um, finicky. Finicky, yes, very. <laughs> we we'll call it limited. Maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, absolutely. Strong, you yeah. know, it, it can uh, because if you land slightly different, and then you lose all your reference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From where you come where you came from, and where you're going forward, then it's a little bit more difficult. We do we use it constantly, but mm-hmm. it should not be your main force mm-hmm. for relying. Yeah, and then so oh. use whatever you can. No names, move though, fixed though. Yeah. It's all good. If I have a student starting early, I try to immediately have them do fixed though, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they just call the names by the same you know, mm-hmm. position.
2: Do yeah. you do modifiers on it? So like, um, it's like C, C sharp, and no. C flat? Uh, the, way they, they, the way
1: they teach it, it's all the same. You just pitch it. Mm-hmm. If you have C sharp, you call uh-huh. it Do, but you pitch the sharp. Mm-hmm. Interesting. If you're in Re Mayor, you know, you still will pitch the F sharp mm-hmm. and the C sharp, but you don't necessarily have to, for, for example, that's one of the things that I found the most confusing about the uh, the whole system that they do when you do do re for uh, do re re me, yeah, me yeah, there yeah. is so many, it's like a complete difference. I know people like Andrew Song, for example, yeah. the professor at Columbus State, he's amazing at that, yeah. like, he comes off stage everything, yeah, with that system. And of course, it's a logic to it, like, mm-hmm. when you do it long enough, that, then it, it, yeah. it stops being a problem, it's just aromatic. Mm-hmm. So, it's like a language for him, yeah. and he can do it amazingly well. For me, I think, like, uh, naming the sharps or flats mm-hmm. is not as important as, like, you just name the notes, and then you know what key you mm-hmm. are, you know that that's an F-charm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you don't have to worry about changing the name of it. So you're
0: you're talking about using solfege as a sort of supplement then to the Germanic uh, yes. letters, okay? Instead well, that's
1: what I used. The the using yeah. the Russian school in Cuba okay. all the time. So that's what I learned. Yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. that's as natural as for Americans would be ABC mm-hmm. DFG. You know, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like for me, it's harder actually to sing ABC DFG. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. When I was in graduate school at Yale, they do obviously movable dope and I couldn't do it. So at the end, I, the teacher told me, okay, so you don't confuse anyone else by calling real name pitch. Just do la-la-la-la-la-la. <laughs> and it worked. She knew that I could do it. So yeah. she was not concerned about mm-hmm. trying to enforce yeah. a way of me of doing it. Yeah. Um, and, and actually also in, in, in that system, you do not identify major and minor by putting a dot on the one is minor in the, in the degrees like mm-hmm. the first degree is always a Roman number of one yeah it's not mm-hmm. one with a dot on top okay. for minor yeah, okay. so it just you know that you're in a minor key mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, you yeah. know for me that was a little bit of a learning curve to recall, <laughs> because I had to do this entrance exam and then when I did all that my analysis was correct but the teacher was possible why I did all that he yeah said, well we never I' never heard of this uh-huh. In my life. Yeah. But you know, yeah. that I did you know, something fairly fairly simple to, yeah. to accommodate. You know? Okay, so we got some comments. So the
2: person who asked the question is uh, happy with it, and that's how they're learning it too. So. Good. Yeah. And then. Um, Whoever we have a, we have you co- are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of see it so far away we can. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and then we have uh, Contra Crossticks, he's a concert pianist. And he says that that's how India does it with their Carnatic music as well. With the yes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and actually, it's very functional when you see them like, yeah. doing it. It's like wow, it's yeah. pretty, yeah. They're
2: pretty impressive. Is um, how did you how did you achieve your practice and life balance? Like,
1: how did you manage everything? Okay, I tell you one. Like, it's just I, I suck at it. <laughs> that, that's how. No, no. I mean, um, that's a very good question and. I'd say that every different stage in your life, you're dealing with this same question, yeah. the same issues. When you're a student, how you like manage life, social life, uh, being able to practice and do what you need, but also keep some sanity, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> that the same that happens at all levels when yeah. you are a student, when you are a professional, doesn't does not change because what happens is the priorities change. Mm-hmm. I often hear, hear my students say constantly, well... You know, when I graduate, I will stop doing all these things that I don't want to do, and I will just only play music that I want to, and I laugh inside. Oh boy, are you for a surprise, because you're going to have to, people are going to come and pay you, like, you know, play this concerto that I just wrote, and I will pay you X amount of money. And you cannot turn that down, especially when you're beginning, beginning in a career. So yeah, yeah. you'll see yourself learning a complete piece that you have no. but your motivation changes. Now you're getting paid. Yeah. So <laughs> you do it a little bit more willingly. But that's the point that I tell my students, when well, they're students. Like, think of this years, like, like you're putting money on the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, because whatever you achieve now, then after you're going to open that bank account and start taking information out of them. Yeah. So... Um, Try to have some time for yourself, understand, like to answer the question, understand first what do you want and how deeply, because it's like the, the you know, the Alice in Wonderland. Uh, we all know how deep the rabbit go, uh, hole goes yeah. and it goes deeper and deeper the more you, you want into it. So it, depending on what you want to achieve, you want to be the best musician in, in your instruments, then first understanding what is exactly the best musician for you what exactly they achieve, they have that you want to achieve mm-hmm. because that same criteria will change in between every single person. Yeah. You know, so it, it's um, understanding how far you want. I just had a conversation with one of you know, my students about this. It's like, how far are you willing to sacrifice and put forward? And what do you expect to get in return? You know, mm-hmm. and because also our, our circumstances changes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of times it does not depend to you. You can put a lot of hours to practice and then the outcome may not necessarily be exactly the same mm-hmm. So, or not as desired. So maintaining some uh, life experience is, I think, much more important sometimes than practice. When I see some of the students that practice like 10, 11 hours a day and they don't go outside and <laughs> kick a ball and, and, and you know, and play. And, and get a, a crush with a girl and get dumped by the girl. Like, <laughs> so you need all these type of things to to create an emotional relationship yeah. and build your your build your um, your personality, mm-hmm. which at the end will reflect in your playing. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like I, I I cannot tell you something, like, and i you know, don't mean do not disrespect when I was in Beijing and you go there into uh, uh, Beijing Conservatory, very famous class, tons of students, lots of pressure because there are a lot of kids that want to be there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you are not delivering, they say, well, we have like 300 kids waiting to take your place. Yeah. So it's a, mu- a huge amount of pressure for those kids. Mm-hmm. Some of them, they haven't been to the Forbidden City, which is like walking distance it's from home. there. <laughs> you know, they, they haven't. they just like yeah. in their room practicing guitar. Yeah. And they have a coach sometimes to help them practice through and and this is all good but you also need life experience yeah. you need to go you know to experience um, your instrument through many other different facets not necessarily only practicing and performing mm-hmm. you know and more importantly if you're a guitarist listen as little as you can to guitarists you should <laughs> listen to other instruments you know like violin cello yeah. you know piano or, symphony orchestra mm-hmm. so you understand timbre and color and, 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 and what to do with the, mm-hmm. with a piece of music so I, I will spend a lot more time maintaining a diversity mm-hmm. so you will have some sanity it's not cannot be of be you cannot burn the candle from both ends mm-hmm. you need to just understand that uh how could I put it like an, an analogy like if you plant a tree, the tree wouldn't grow any faster just because you pour, keep pouring water. Mm-hmm. actually if you put too much water, it drowns the, the yeah. roots mm-hmm. and it dies. Mm-hmm. So everything is like, like it, it, it has different stages yeah. So you know it would be a stage of absorption of information then I'll be able to reproduction and then after being able to do it on the stage. Yeah. So that is also true for everything else. You know, in every stage of life needs to be lived. If you're a kid, you need to be a kid. And then also, you know, yes. practice and all your things. You're like, But you gotta like be able to, uh, for example, I, I, in Cuba, I didn't ever have video games, mm-hmm. you know, never like just, we didn't have it. Yeah. So of course, when I came to the United States, I became a little bit obsessed with like with that uh, just <laughs> yeah. playing, and then I understood how dangerous it was in the sense of, of uh, spending a lot of time yeah. into something that is not gonna amount for anything else. That for that video game, yeah. The, uh, I'm very manic in personality, so mm-hmm. I stopped like. I
0: think I, most I have, guitarists have to be, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> so
1: I, I stop altogether like I don't buy sometimes when I pass by a video game store I slow down a little. Yeah, shake <laughs> it out. But the truth is I haven't bought a, a single game, you know, just because I would know that I would become involved with that and I yeah. really does not. But if video game is usual game is your thing, by all means go, go go nuts with it. But just try to put some time limit. Yeah. So you don't spend hours, countless hours that can be done in, in something more fruitful. Mm-hmm. So also not only practicing guitar but, you know, as I said before, playing ball, you know, yeah, swimming, yeah. doing all kind of outside yeah. activities which yeah. is very important. Right now a lot of people are leaving the, uh, the world to the internet mm-hmm. and, and they are not experiencing the world to the same level, yeah. you know. It, and it's, it's it's scary a little bit because you you think like you know I have five thousand friends in Facebook, what does exactly that mean? You know <laughs> yeah, how <well laughs> how how, interact with how many people? how <laughs> many actually well, then you actually know, yeah. and, and go out and have coffee with them yeah. and talk and like you know, so just it's it's a dangerous it's a dangerous thing. However, I think process is going in that direction. We cannot just fight it. I don't want to seem like the old man they say well in my time yeah. <laughs> so it's not necessarily but that uh, and i don't want to fight it i just want to make the best out of it so yeah. what's good oh you can just interact with people that otherwise you couldn't before mm-hmm. you can know many things the world has keeps getting smaller through yeah. the through the web yeah. so if we can use that in a positive way mm-hmm. like you know sometimes i have a question about a finger or a passage or a piece of music and i post it on facebook and i get tons of replies mm-hmm. like I was trying to do for example last uh, semester my guitar pedagogy and class and I wanted to use different etudes mm-hmm. that just you know I would touch upon the classics but I wanted to see what else is being done and yeah. I could a post and I got hundreds of, mm, of yeah. replies mm. telling me oh this etude by that and this piece and that and this and this yeah. so you know in that way it's a, it's a lot of help yeah. so I'm not denying the benefit of it At the same like also be aware of the dangers of spending too much time on it, mm-hmm. because uh, before you know it, and you look back, then that time is not being—you're not being able to grab it back, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So that was a lot—a lot from uh, where from, like yeah. just living life yeah. and like keeping a balance. Yeah. Uh, I don't keep a balance, a healthy one, not yet. I'm working <laughs> on it. As yeah. we talked. Uh, right now, enjoying this view behind me—that's—that's that's part of it. Yeah. So, I try to schedule even things like vacation time, Mm -hmm. in which I'm not going to block any conscious during that period Mm -hmm. and just leave it, you know. It's it's important that you have some downtime to recharge because you need to be able to recharge Mm -hmm. and, you know, have a good meal, have good company, keep good friends around that give you good Mm -hmm. energy and will actually be at the same wavelength as you are. Because that actually helps a lot in <laughs> maintaining sanity in such a world that is so busy and so many things happen. Yeah.
2: Could you give us a little bit of a like a history of Renee? Like, how did you? How did like? What, <laughs> what, what was your What was your path like? You talked about how my how mother
1: stages of... Different- my mother was a, a ballerina in the Cuban Ballet for many years, and my father is uh, playing a little bit of guitar, but he did microbiology. No, uh, just biology, sorry. Microbiology my is my stepmother. Um, so I I was very much into sports. I did uh, after my mother after I was born my mother stopped dancing and she became a choreographer for the uh, q Cuban gymnastic national team. Wow. For the floor exercises and, and then I became eventually she became a gymnastic trainer. Uh, so when I was five years old she wanted me to try gymnastics mm-hmm. four and a half. I and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it was not for me. Like, it was just, I'm not very flexible. Yeah. They tried to make me like a square, And then just, it was not for me. So I did, but I did all kinds of sports before I even touched music. Uh, I did gymnastics. I did fencing. Wow. I did uh, basketball. I did swimming, actually. Um, kayak, baseball, soccer. Wow. So, <laughs> Everything. so what happened is in Cuba, access to sports. Well, that's one of the things that the the communist system, or well, socialist, I should say, communist, uh, had a priority of mm-hmm. like being able to have access for the people to have access yeah. to sports. And but the downside of that is that you didn't go and do sports only for recreational purposes. They were training you to go to the Olympics. Uh-huh. So when I was doing swimming, it was not just fun. Yeah. you know, we had yeah, to yeah. swim like how many k's and uh, uh-huh. back and forth and laps in Uh, the swimming pool it was not just like oh let's let's teach Renee how to swim but just like okay you got you you learn how to swim now let's send you to the Olympics so you know it was that kind of mentality which is in some ways it was not very uh, helpful when I was in 1985 uh, I my father took me to a concert of in the Havana Guitar Festival or is it 84 84 85 I can't remember now um a, costa, a concert, concert by Costas Gonzalez. He was playing a whole program of, of Brower, and I remember I was nine years old, so it's uh, 1984. I was remember being bored to death in the chair when he played <laughs> a whole bass suite, and like you know, it was just um, one of those moments that you're a kid, you know. It's like one guy only with the guitar there, and you don't know relate to what's happening. <laughs> yeah. But then the most incredible thing happened. He played the Black the camera by Brower, mm. And it was the first time in my life that I had goosebumps oh, wow. when listening to music. Mm. It, like, took all over my body, and I was like... <sighs> yeah. And that was it. Huh. Huh. You know, I told my father, like, you know, I want to play
2: guitar. <laughs> right <laughs> after that, and my mother
1: was like, no, no <laughs> way, <so> that's not happening. <laughs> You're going to be... I was very good at physics, actually. Oh, and actually, I uh, 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 mean... Yeah. My career in Cuba, it was not necessarily music, it was philology, Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know, uh, it is a whole, so I eventually, when I was 14, I started playing, Mm -hmm. I started playing when I was 10, just playing chords and all that, then I learned, I got curious about reading and started learning a little bit, and then started, at 14, I started playing classical Mm -hmm. formally, then when I was 18 and I enrolled, 17 and a half, enrolled in the university in Havana. But uh, what really decided, made me a, a professional musician, if you yeah. may say that, uh, was when I came to the United States. Mm-hmm. My degree of philology was not, I mean, I would have had to start as a freshman, yeah. my bachelor's degree again. And then what happened is, I, when I immigrated in 1995, mm-hmm. I lived in Miami for a couple of years just working in a warehouse, not playing guitar, didn't have an instrument. Mm-hmm. My, my uncle in Spain bought an instrument for me and oh, nice. he actually sent it. And then I started playing a little bit again. And the whole point is just when I was trying to, to think what I'm going to do, because I'm definitely not, not going to work at that warehouse. Yeah. Future Tech International yeah. <laughs> for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I, when I used to tell people that worked there, all the Cubans, because Miami is full of Cubans, mm-hmm. that were working there. It's like, I'm going to be, I'm a guitarist, and then they were laughing because they were like, oh, you're going to be here, stuck forever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah. going to be carrying boxes just like the rest of us. Uh, yeah. We were something else in our previous life, but part of being an immigrant is just to adapt. Yeah. And, and at some point I'd say like, well, you know, that's a very sad way of looking at, mm-hmm. at your life. Yeah. And if I'm not going to strive, what the heck then I left the, the country for? Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I'm not going to achieve just to be able to eat? You know, there's a famous uh, writer in Cuba, Onelio Jorge Cardoso, that he wrote, El hombre siempre tiene dos hambres." The men always have two hungers. The physical one and the emotional and, mm-hmm. and knowledge ones. Yeah. So it's like, if oh, if it's only the physical, the fact to be able to eat a plate of food at the evening, that's important, but it's not, it shouldn't be the only way yeah. that, that moves you forward. So I... When I came, after working and trying to like, go back, I met this uh, composer, Carlos Rafael Rivera, good friend. Uh, he actually wrote me the uh, of the dance. It's a very good piece for, for solo guitar. He was auditioning to Yale University, Harford uh, Hartford School of Music, also UCLA. And he told me, come with me, you know, come to, to Yale. And, and then mm-hmm. I just, you know, took off with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and went there and like and met Ben Bergeri told him a little bit of my story that I haven't played and, and then right on the spot I played for him and he told me well you know you're, you're rough you haven't played mm-hmm. in two years yeah, yeah, yeah. but I see a lot in there yeah. that I can work with so I started like what they call uh, what was it it's not, it was an artist diploma it was a certificate diploma yeah. that at the end after doing all kind of tests I could I could make it uh, a master's degree. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay. in my second year, I changed the certificate into the master's, so I finished with mm-hmm. the master's at Yale yes. instead of having to go back again. So, if I didn't have put all that time into what's, what was a hobby for me, like guitar and that I enjoyed, mm-hmm. maybe I would have never had that possibility of, of doing a master's at Yale, yeah. you know. or. So it's 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 a life. It's a, works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Sometimes you know, and you never know where it comes. So I tell kids all the time, even when they are starting now, I said, you never know in which ways this skill of playing guitar is gonna be useful for you mm-hmm. in the future. Like I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know. If I would have known that, I would have been like grateful. If my father would have been like the father of Paco Lucia would have put into practice, otherwise he wouldn't eat. And then, like, you know, I would have done things, but it would have, you know, I would have been bitter and just all the time. But after, I would be probably quite good. (laughs) It's not even good. I would be grateful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grateful that I, because I wasted a lot of time in my childhood. Or let's say I didn't waste time, I just was living life a little bit too (laughs) happily and and didn't think about, you know, that I actually also needed to practice and do all this stuff. So it's, uh, that finished with a degree there. Then Yale sent me to Paris to do an exchange program. Mm-hmm. So I worked in there and, uh, with Alberto Pons, Olivier Chassan, and Ron Dienz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Dienz in the mm-hmm. Cole Normal. Mm-hmm. Came back to Yale, finished because it was I. I it was an artist diploma, so I did half a year there and then came back and did mm-hmm. the other half at Yale. Mm-hmm. Then graduated and start teaching. You know. At, I didn't want to live out, with, like most musicians, gigging yeah. and some having enough money to make a payment one month and yeah. the next month just <laughs> crawling up the wall figuring out yeah. what were you going to do. Mm-hmm. So I started teaching in the public school system. Mm-hmm. I became a six music teacher nice. uh, and, and I taught in, in Bridgeport, Connecticut, a very difficult school as well. And then yeah, after that, after a year of doing that, we wanted to move to New York. I met my wife, like, she was a student at Yale, so we married, and, and I wanted just to be able to provide and not be under stress. Mm-hmm. So when we were thinking of moving to New York, I, I enrolled what they call the New York City Teaching Fellows, which is an organization that was about bringing professionals into the classrooms, like mathematicians who teach mathematics, mm-hmm. and like, you know, uh, but, you know scientists, you know, you know, people that wanted to do a switch yeah. of their life or they okay. thought that they were going to become this and then they don't like it as much to experience education and to bring uh, more expertise into the classroom. So because I was teaching in, in K-6, mm-hmm. uh, I applied to this uh, uh, New York City teaching Fellows and in exchange they would pay for my Masters of Music Education. Mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, I was teaching in, in Harlem. Adam Clayton, the a Powell, a Powell Academy of Music and Arts, I.S. Intermediate School, it was a middle school, mm-hmm. 172. <laughs> uh, I was doing my master's in the evening, so I would go and work mm-hmm. from, I would have to punch in at the 7.10. Sk- the kids were dismissed at 2.30, and then we had, like, professional teacher development until, like, 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then I would go to... The Bronx, where Lehman College was, and then we we'll get home like around eight thirty or nine. Yeah, you know, so it was a couple years of yeah, pretty <laughs> long days. Pretty <of, laughs> really long days, and uh, it was it was that moment that I, you know, the, the school was very difficult. That uh, that intermediate school was. Uh, you said it was in Harlem. In Harlem. Oh, right? oh yeah. So it was really really <laughs> rough. Like you know the passing. For uh, uh, the passing rate for, for English, the percentage was 3% and wow. 2% math. Oh, there wow. were kids there that yeah. were like 17 years old, oh. a lot of foster kids. Yeah. And I saw all the bad things also that the system produced. Mm-hmm. A lot of foster mothers that, that wouldn't give, they wouldn't give. For example, if they had the kids in a uh, in special ed class because of, you know, whatever, I, I think they they're over medicated anyhow. But mm. you know, some of the mothers wouldn't give them uh, the medicine to the kids. So the kids will stay acting up in in in, a, in, in Really in the, yeah. and because they get more money. Oh I have it, I exactly yeah, so yeah. there was that kind of situation it was yeah. it was just horrible and that, that's when Bush came out with the brilliant idea of no child left behind which in theory was great but like what happened is like I had 32 kids in a classroom, and then they would bring two groups of a special ex cis kids each, 12 on top of that, to teach a, mu- a music class, you know, it was nearly impossible chaos. to, exactly, it was yeah. just like not, so, but it taught me many, many things, that it, especially when I came back home at 9 p.m., my wife mm-hmm. will have some like food for me, and I will try to practice and fall asleep on top of the guitar. But I knew like, <laughs> if I wouldn't have kept the skill, when the opportunity will arise, huh. I would not gonna be able to deliver, mm-hmm. and I would just stay as a middle school, mm-hmm. which is nothing yeah, wrong. It's yeah, very honorable. It's just I think it's underpaid <laughs> It's it's underpaid, It's a lot of work, and it's not it's underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, yeah. which is unfortunate. You know, so I have the greatest respect for, for you know any teacher from K to, to high school yeah. you know for what they have to deal with especially in the United States mm-hmm. yeah I think
0: here it's a little bit different in Canada but uh, I think well especially your experience in, in Harlem has got to be like one of the one of the tougher situations I think especially yeah. in the, well, with the 1990s and early 2000s or yeah. something right yeah it was too tough
1: when I when I started in Harlem 2002, I think. 2002, 2004. Yeah. And then in 2004, um, I got uh, Austin Classical Guitar Society did, did oh. this outreach concert series. Mm-hmm. And Matt Hinsley contacted me. And then during the spring break in the school, I went to, to Austin and played like 10 concerts or over. Yeah. So I had to get in shape back no. for that. <laughs> and one thing led to, another one, I was asked to play a concert in June mm-hmm. in, Wauke, Wisconsin. Actually, no. I did faleta competition that year. My yeah. wife, my wife you kind know, forced me. Like she actually enrolled me <laughs> because I was like, I don't have time for doing that. You know, like <laughs> learning concerto. Like Are you kidding me? It's like it's <laughs> barely. So and like, yeah. so, but she enrolled me, and then all of a sudden when they accepted me, I had no choice but to go. You know, I said like, well, you know, let's see what happens, and I I got placed third in that, yeah, which wasn't right. a big you know, a big achievement for me yeah. uh, under those circumstances, uh-huh. you know. Mm-hmm. First prize was Marchandila, the second was um, a Mexican. Um, I forgot his name. Mm, Pablo Garibay. Okay. And I was third. And, and then right after that, I got asked to go and play a concert in Milwaukee. And I didn't know back then that they were actually searching for a professor. This was just mm-hmm. a screening. Oh, okay. And I had no idea. I went there and played a concert, then taught a master class. To uh, what happened is the, the kids that wanted to do classical guitar at the university they would take classes at the Wisconsin Conservatory of Music, uh, guitar classes, and then the rest of the curriculum will do at the university. So they wanted to uh, create a guitar position. Oh, okay. I did a concert, which was very well received. Next day was a master class, and right of the band, the principal, the the, the principal, like the chair of the music department asked me to walk with him after the master class and he just told me we want to hire you and I was like inside my god (laughs) thank you (laughs) because I didn't know uh, I didn't know what I was going to do next year Mm -hmm. I had applied for for doing my doctoral in Stony Brook Mm -hmm. Uh, and I had no idea I I was sure that I was not going I was not able to withstand another third year of Harlem Mm -hmm. uh, of that teaching condition it was like it was too rough I had like you know, severe stress mm-hmm. every morning and anxiety attacks just mm-hmm. trying to see how it's gonna figure out how, how to survive that day yeah every day for like two years mm-hmm. so I paid my dues <laughs> in, in that in that regard mm-hmm. but you know then after when I got the job at Milwaukee started in 2004 there was no guitar program so I put the curriculum together and mm-hmm. did everything in 2005 I put the curriculum for masters and its life has been like you know, much uh, much easier path. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. offers. That's why my career is doing better because the university offers flexibility as well. Yeah. For me to travel, so I can as long as I keep my lessons and keep everything in place, I can go and play mm-hmm. and, and, and start. You know, doing a performance career. Yeah. So. It's, <laughs> it's a, here. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, here, are. You know, <laughs> so, it's uh Amazing. It's yeah, it's yeah. A, a little very very steep curve, but yeah, yeah, but it yeah. did happen. So okay. that's why I tell my students all the time: when you are here, don't think like a student. Mm. You're here just to get a degree, a paper that you can put on the wall. But beyond that and the experience, you need to start thinking and treating yourself like professionals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, think of how you're gonna. You improve your visibility on the web, like put videos, record a CD, although right now, then or do a video Mm -hmm. that you can put. But when you already have enough, don't wait until like things are perfect Uh to just start coming out and and trying to work into the into you know the professional life. Mm -hmm. Because uh, one thing the schools don't teach you is how to like um, manage yourself, like and how to like you know that's the whole complete different set of skills that you have to learn yeah. and you may as well start doing it when you're still a student mm-hmm. that you have a safety net mm-hmm. of some sort mm-hmm. you know so your transition into professional life is a lot smoother mm-hmm. or you already know what you need to be aiming towards so it's not uh, it's not like a complete stark. Yeah. okay yeah, I'm yeah, now I'm yeah, not yeah. a student now I'm a professional that doesn't yeah, exist yeah. that doesn't yeah. exist that doesn't exist the whole concept the whole concept, and I'm not saying that the schools and the conservatories do not work, but the whole concept of like having uh, four years to do a bachelor's, two years of master's, that's all ludicrous. Yeah. Music was always taught as a master and apprentice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You will work with someone in composition for 20 years, and, you know, until you learn as yeah. all they could offer, yeah. and then you move on, and then eventually you become, you will have enough weight. Under your feet to stand your own ground. Mm-hmm. The same thing. You cannot measure everyone that after four years of bachelor degree they should be able to play this such such and such repertoire. Yeah. That's not true because the level of growth for every an absorber for every person is different. Mm-hmm. So you just need to know where you are at. If people are playing more much more difficult repertoire, it doesn't matter as long as you're playing things that are uh, that are pushing you enough but not overwhelming you, mm-hmm. because. If, if, if otherwise it's like swimming against, against the current. Yeah. You put in too many hours and the results do not show. That, that means that your repertoire and your technical ability are not matching. Mm-hmm. So I try to play about and then I give my students slightly above so they get, keep pushing forward but mm-hmm. not so much that it uh, becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So that same way when you're talking about your career also you need to be smart about like how you program things that you can actually do deliver uh, as David Ross always says I'd rather hear an easier piece well played than a hard piece poorly done yeah mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely you know Yeah. so it's a tough uh, it's, it's a tough thing to navigate mm-hmm. uh, but trust me right now people say well now the kids the millennial has to deal with problems and every generation has to deal has to dealt they dealt with a specific set of issues mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know when Segovia was coming out, like they didn't really have guitar in, in the scene, yeah. so you know, he needed to carve the path for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you know, right now, we have in my generation, oh, we did competitions right now, doing competitions is not enough, you need to wear many hats and, and know exactly what how you're gonna like. Uh, I, I, in particular, for example, try to, I love to do a lot of chamber music, mm-hmm. yeah. and that way, I expose myself to different repertoire. And different audience that otherwise they wouldn't come to a guitar concert. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a way of them knowing. And then I have gotten invited back to play solo mm-hmm. after doing chamber music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know I would say like 50-50. I do like between 30 to 40 concerts chamber music okay. a year and then yeah. the rest is, is solo. So, yeah. so trying to, to work with others, you know, don't just sit down and practice your solo repertoire solely mm-hmm. because you're going to have to do a lot better than that mm-hmm. just to separate yourself and to keep playing and maintaining yourself yeah. and your skill. You do
0: you know? find as well, like, um, a lot of people have sort of talked about this in the past, maybe you can too, about playing with other instruments and how that sort of affects how you approach Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. You know,
1: first, it would teach you how to phrase, completely different. because you're, When you're playing with an instrument, like a wind instrument or even violin, any that can do long phrases legato. Mm-hmm. Then you know you will start listening to uh, music in a completely different way. Yeah, that's why I also say not to listen to guitar because <laughs> it, because guitar will always like accentuate the limitations that we have right. in our instrument, and we need to try to bypass those limitations. At least try, you yeah. know, try to to move them to see like how much we can improve what we have rather than just do. And then often enough I tell my students, you try to come out with a concept of a piece first, and then go. Just when you have something already kind of formed, Mm -hmm. then go and see what other people have done. mm -hmm. That way it will reinforce your idea, or it will show you that actually what you're doing, you like better than Mm -hmm. what is happening. And it will question like what has been done before, or if you wanna do that way or that route or go this route. Mm In other words, form your own opinion before you start being influenced by others. Of course, that works already at a certain point. Mm -hmm. When you are in a learning curve at the beginning in your career, you need to learn by imitation. Mm -hmm. You need to imitate. Imitate and then eventually all these skills will become yours. Mm -hmm. And the way of performing, you know, you need to know, oh, Pepe Romero plays this sound and uh, try to obtain that sound. Mm -hmm. How does Russell does the sound? Oh, And now you have videos that you can watch they do so many things yeah. so this, this information is there mm-hmm. one of the hardest things about in Cuba we were in an yeah. island so the only information that we had is every two years when the Havana competition yeah. happened it was like <laughs> an influx <laughs> of information yeah. and then we have two years of absorption uh-huh. or try to all the things that you heard try to make yeah. sense out of them mm-hmm. in the in in the in, in, I wouldn't call it the free world but like in the free world <laughs> Uh, outside of and, and outside anywhere like when you have access, free access to internet uncensored blah 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 mm. uh, the problem is different the problem is that you need to sift through all that information to what is actually uh, useful for you mm. And, mm. and actually also the hat like good information mm. you know, it's, it's too many things into that, all also bad things yeah So how to save cream what's good, what's bad, what's valuable, what's not, is equally difficult. When I lived in Cuba, in Cuba we didn't have a lot of cheeses, you know. If I went to buy cheese, it was only cream cheese, like Philadelphia cream cheese. (laughs) So I would come home with the cream cheese. When I came to the United States, and I stood up on the first, it was uh, Publix or whatever it is, it was a, a, a trade like it was about like five times the size of this window. Yeah, full like of, long, full of <laughs> cheeses yeah. that I had no idea. With. Yeah. and I didn't even know what to start. Guess what? I came home with cream, cream cheese. cheese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's what I know. Yeah. So if it's if it's bad to have too little, it's also dangerous to have too much yeah. because mm-hmm. it's very hard to shift mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. through that. And of course, you really just hard. have to build yeah. an, a, an informed opinion. I, I'll, I'll, I will pick information over, uh, you know, over misinformation oh, a, any day of, because it's, yeah. you just need to be educated about your choices yeah. mm-hmm. and then it becomes a whole learning curve mm-hmm. to that, you know, and that goes with everything because it's so much access to everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Any other questions there? Like?
2: Uh, someone was just, I'm wondering, like, uh, do you, do you fit in downtime um, in your guitar plan,
1: but you already yeah in that. yeah 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 definitely. Yeah. I I mean I sometimes now because my time is so limited, downtime it, it is is is. I I view downtime as a change of activity, uh-huh. in which I would do just something else, even <laughs> watching the movie. You know, yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, because truly, like after teaching, I go to work at nine a.m., come home at uh, finish at six yeah. p.m. So when I come home, I really, I'm saturated with music. Uh I just want to lay down on the couch and watch TV. But if I allow myself to do that and do nothing else, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you stop growing, uh, you know. So I try to very carefully not to do that. Mm -hmm. And also I I view when I come home as a cleansing moment. uh, A cleansing in which I just like start looking inwards and try to like play the way I hear things, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Not only because after listening to every student, although the studio, my studio right now, is pretty, it's pretty good. I'm very happy with, yeah. that, with the kids. But uh, with all of that, I'm still, you know, saturated with giving information, giving out. And I need yeah. to, like, bring back in some mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. So try to, uh, of course, I come home and not every day I, I, I want to have, I want to go and practice guitar. Of course yeah. not. You know, I just want to relax. But sometimes, I, those days that I'm not particularly loving it, I just sit down and start by even doing a little bit of technique, yeah. and and try to get in the flow. When you mm. sit down, the most difficult thing is just to sit down. Yeah. With it, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you already sit down and you start trying to sit, then you like if you know yourself, try to uh, create some mechanisms that will bring your focus back mm. into practice. All of a sudden, you find yourself wanting to practice. Yeah. Mm you know so that's why it's important some downtime. so you can also yeah. you know when it's time to practice that you can practice do not practice and watch TV at the same time because you really not practicing mm-hmm. then watch TV and then practice guitar yeah. after don't try to do both things right. thinking that you are you know killing two birds with one <laughs> yeah. stone you're not yeah. you're not because you need to be focused when you're playing in concert all of a sudden it's the audience and you and if you're only playing in front of the TV all the time you are unfamiliar with finding yourself in absolute silence mm-hmm. and creating yeah. moments. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. is there a,
0: what? What are your hobbies sort of outside of guitar then,
1: or do you have any? <laughs> I wish I had more time for it. Like I yeah, like yeah, drawing. Yeah, I like drawing. I I play chess. I like playing chess. Okay. Um, I have a bike at home that I wish I would ride more. <laughs> I, I love nature. Like my father, mm-hmm. being a biologist, he used to right. talk and take me all the time to expeditions. He did a lot of spelunking, so I went to case oh, many cool. times. Wow. So I, I love nature. and Actually, for my 40th birthday, what I wanted to do that I haven't been able to do, uh, when I was a, a student at Yale, I, I was helping an economic professor, Richard Ruggles, very famous professor of economics. He worked for, like, for five presidents. He was in in the intelligence in the Second World War. Oh, wow. Uh, The guy was, I mean, he traveled the entire world. And I, one, asked him, Richard, from all the places that you have been, what's the place that you like the most? And he told me, the Yukon. Oh, really? you know, I, I went there like flew me in this, this airplane that you can land in water. What was yeah. it called? Oh, a sea plane seaplane. Seaplane, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. They brought me into this very remote place in a cabin and then I was there fishing and it was like, oh, the only way to get there was by airplane. Yeah. Like, it was like amazing. <laughs> so I wanted to like, when, when I turned for I wanted to like, spend like at least one yeah. week walking the Jack London Trail in the Yukon yeah. or, you know, yeah. experiencing nature and I haven't been able to do that yet. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, but I will. I, I will try to little by little change focus and, and try to play less concerts yeah. so my quality of life will improve. Mm. You know, it's just, there's a stage of everything. Right now is the moment that I need to be playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot. But eventually I will turn things around so I play just what I need mm-hmm. and I can spend more quality time that will help in, in your playing. and yeah, Your sanity in the long run. Yeah, So he told me that you can't. So, I will go to the Yukon
0: sometimes. (laughs) I think it's a lot easier to get to the Yukon on the road these days. Yes, there are still there are still several. A friend of mine, his his mom lives out in Nunavut.
1: Sort of that sounds the, like the middle of nowhere yeah right? it absolutely is. the middle yeah. of nowhere yeah this,
0: this is the place now that you can only get by plane and it's like you know yeah we have the, the Yukon here right and then Northwest Territories yeah. so several years ago they broke up the Northwest Territories to be the Northwest Territories and then that Nunavut as well is sort of like most okay. of the islands ah, is so way off and I think it's just as
1: far as I understand it's just ice for the most part <laughs> well <laughs> there, are, there are some towns it's over. different yeah yeah <laughs> You know, one of the perks of actually of playing guitar is traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. So I get to experience a lot of the world, and I'm very thankful for that. The fact that I can do. Uh, granted, then there's not a lot of vacation involved. It's because I go in there and it's just work, 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 work. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But uh, you can to see it from a different But under you hotel can, but you go. can, yeah. <laughs> but you can experience life. You can experience different people. You meet a lot of great people. Humans are incredible. You know, they are actually quite impressive. You know, they're able to do the most wonderful thing and the yeah. most horrible ones experience. <laughs> <So, you know, laughs> like, but I, I, I never cease to be amazed at the world. Yeah. And how much, like, uh, how much, I mean, I'm going to sound a little bit like uh, political now, <laughs> but how much the upper crust that kind of, you know, the powers that may, mm-hmm. that like, you know, in yeah. some way guide the world, how much they wanna create that divisions. They they wanna make those divisions that are already there mm-hmm. even deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we feel more territorial, more, much more boundary. Yeah. Like, oh, you okay. know, yeah. I mean the world is very small. And we are all the same. Yeah. We're truly all the same. Different skin color, eyes a little bit there, a little bit there. It doesn't matter, we're all humans. Yes. And when you travel you experience that. So I wish for example like a lot more Americans would travel. So they can actually see that America is not the world. There's a lot more out there, and and you will be uh, traveling. Brings information, brings knowledge, yeah. and brings affinity and brings the humanity in you. Yeah. You know, so being able to experience that is a wonderful thing. You know, and because there is truly not, we are all just humans mm-hmm. in a big island. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> in a cold black planet. Sea, yeah, yeah. Cold <laughs> planet Earth <laughs> in a black sea of the universe. Yeah. And, you know. So you know, I wish we can just get along and like just yeah. work, yeah. and you know, I understand people getting pride about you know where they were born and things so that that's yeah. fine, but you know, we still have to look wider than that. that. Mm-hmm.
3: You
2: know? Yep. Yeah. What so, else do we have there? Um, someone's asking, what do you recommend the first thing to do on the guitar for someone that's a beginner or someone who wants to learn for the first time?
1: That's, that's a good question. Okay, um, first of all, start listening to a lot of the repertoire and the music. You know, if you want to play guitar, listen to guitar. You know, So you get acquainted with what is on there, different styles, different everything, so you can narrow it. I would suggest starting with classical guitar. I shouldn't call it classical guitar. By the way, the whole classical guitar term was coined by Segovia on the, on the beginning of the 20th century. On the 1920s because when he got signed by Decca, also Salicas was there on the roster. Okay. Uh, he wanted to find a way to separate himself. Uh-huh. It's not classical guitar, it's just guitar. <laughs> you know, it is just guitar. Mm-hmm. We play guitar. So I will, I will suggest that in this case, I'm going to be specific uh, to be classically trained because it will show you techniques that you can apply for many of other of any other facets that you want to either jazz, either finger style, either electric guitar, all that can be useful. Yeah. Which it doesn't relate the other way around necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, because of the nature of the instruments. For example, electric guitar is very easy to play. You know, and then all of a sudden if you have to play in an instrument that the spacing is different, it's wider, everything is different, then the effort, the level of effort is uh, greater. So it's easier to go from a classical guitar to playing electric than vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so finding out a good teacher. Now, there's a good book of I think Alan Cheer wrote uh, learning classical guitar in which he talks a, a whole chapter about how to pick a teacher and how to look. Oh. Uh, mainly thing is to get informed. How many teachers are in your area? See what they have done ask questions like the same if you're looking for a dentist you won't just pick up the dentist and say okay this one and go there and and hope that they don't destroy your teeth (laughs) you go and and you do your homework you look and see and you talk to other patients and and see how they feel about it they will tell you the plus and minuses Uh so pretty much do your homework because on the early stages it's important to have that guidance all those things of learn how to play guitar in 10 minutes and, and, and books and all that, that doesn't really work. That doesn't really work. I mean, just find yourself a teacher. You can do a little bit of, of, of learning by yourself, but you still will need some guidance mm-hmm. because there are a lot, of, a, a lot of concepts, even in the methodology, that it varies a lot from, you know, German school, from French school, from Italian school, from Slovaks, the whole, you know, Poland, Uh, Hungary, uh, like the whole thing, Montenegro, all that part, Mm -hmm. they approach guitar all different. And somehow we end up playing the same pieces. You know, but the the way of doing it is different. So Mm -hmm. having access to information is is crucial Mm -hmm. to make right decisions. So it doesn't matter um, if your teacher does one particular way only. uh, You need to actually follow that and make sure that, uh, that you understand how they're bringing you from A to Z. You know, what are they doing? Like, tell, tell them to lay out a map for you of what, what, what is their plan with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You came here this way, that's what I do with my students anyhow, no matter what level they are. Yeah. They come in mm-hmm. and I say, okay, this you have going for you, mm-hmm. these are your deficiencies, let's see how can we, like, cover those. Mm-hmm. Somehow, and you know, do technique that addresses this, this, and that, and that, and that. Mm-hmm. And let's in a month, I would like to see you here. And of course, all of this is a mapping, yeah. but that doesn't mean that it's going to be a blueprint mm-hmm. for everything mm-hmm. that is a strict. It will change according to how they uh, develop and work. Yeah. The same happened with any student. Mm-hmm. So, if your teacher does not have a clear plan of what he wants to do with you, then find another one who will because it's important that they have a a clear idea how to make the skills uh, how to help you incorporate the skills because it's not about just following one book and and looking it's like like if I tell students oh if you want to improve your technique just do pumping nylon and it should be okay no it's (laughs) it's not it's about what to look for in every single Mm exercise and how that addresses and uh, uh, how that is relative and and specific to you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know um, starting early is always a plus because you are creating uh, all these relations, uh, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's not unique. I, I I know people that are starting guitar late and quite and play quite well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, ah, this guy I forgot his name now. He used to live in. He's from Wisconsin, not from New Jersey. That he lives in New York now. He won the Tarrega. When he was 18, and he started playing guitar when he was like 14, 15. Oh, really? Eh? Yes. Wow. I uh, know. <laughs> so it is possible, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to remember he will kill me if he sees <laughs> uh, okay. He's living in New York, Washington Heights in New York. Good player. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Gallagher. Thank oh, okay. Kevin Gallagher started playing guitar quite late. Yeah. And he won the Tarja for a you know. So it's it's, it's not impossible. It's just having the good information makes a huge difference, mm, Absolutely. you know, how to sift through that information. Yeah. So I, d- I don't want to tell you, go work in this method or that method or this, because that's very specific from your teacher to pick. And I know it's kind of difficult when you have no information, how do you understand what's good teaching and what's not? Yeah. But that's why asking and, and, and actually experiences. Mm-hmm. one of the things, for example, I have on my studio, it's a very like open-door open, open door policy mm-hmm. and open studio policy. They all can take master classes with whoever they want. Mm-hmm. And not only master classes, they can have private lessons with whoever they want. Mm-hmm. The only thing I ask them when they do so that they come back to me and they talk what happened in their lesson with such and such. Mm-hmm. They told this, they told them that. Then that's, I see that as a win-win situation because sometimes people can see or teach some uh, uh, concept in a way that I never thought before. Mm-hmm that will reach that student better, then I learn something new, or very often they come back and they are reassured of what we are doing, Mm -hmm. they are much more convinced. Mm -hmm. So in other words, uh, working with many different teachers, uh, having said that, that doesn't mean in a, I shouldn't say that that way, working, exposing yourself to many different styles of teaching Mm -hmm. is important. That doesn't mean that you should have five teachers simultaneously going on, because there will be five different criterias and then you will know what to follow. Yeah. You have one main teacher and then you should do master classes and go to festivals and, and do all kinds of experiences like go and observe master classes. A lot of the times, I, mean, I was too young to play in master classes when the Havana Festival was happening, but I was there absorbing and listening mm. to a lot of that, which I found actually very, very useful yeah. mm-hmm. for my teaching. So even if you are not playing you learn from all the people from observing from yeah. being there so have your main teacher talk to him find your same ways ways to get yourself exposed to all these different uh, scenarios and if you can play master classes you know one hour with someone else may give you shed some light mm-hmm. because in a master class usually um, it, it differs greatly from the lesson one one to one from your regular teacher because your regular teacher has to have a again a plan from A to Z. When you go to a master class, the point of the master class is to get one or two skills that you are lacking of and give you some tricks that will improve things. It's just a different way of seeing yeah. things or exposing you to some ideas that will almost immediately create a result so you get like hooked by oh yeah, this yeah. is great yeah. however that does not mean that like a, a good master class does not mean that that teacher will have a decent plan for you in, yeah. Yeah. in, in a full semester you <laughs> yes, understand yeah. do not get fooled by that idea uh-huh. it's important you can learn a lot from it mm-hmm. but having uh, being able to do a good master class does not reflect on being able to be a good teacher in a long run yeah. mm-hmm. you know as well as Great players are not necessarily good teachers, mm-hmm. especially if, if some of the concepts that they are trying to teach came natural to them, yeah. and they didn't have to question it. Mm-hmm. So to yeah. teach to someone that is not natural is uh, somewhat of a puzzle for many of them. Yeah. So you can find teachers that are very good, that don't play very well, mm-hmm. and you can have very well good players that are not very good teachers, mm-hmm. and then of course there is a, the situation in which you have both. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Yeah, that's the best scenario. You know, mm-hmm. that's what we all hope for. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes.
2: And then uh, someone's asking, can we get a three-way nail comparison? A three-way nail yeah, comparison. Yeah. So like, I
1: mean, <laughs> here's my nails. <laughs> okay. Uh, here. Then here. Yeah. And then I don't know what is the uh, third one. <laughs> oh, I think he's saying uh, between the three of yeah, us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's making fun. okay. Um, actually is uh, I remember for example when I saw the first master class of David Russell, um, when I had the, my first master class with him, I had many things to that need needed address to be addressed. Uh, see, but however he only picked one. He talked to me about sound mm. and tone. Mm. And of course I immediately ask him to see his nail shapes and like you know but the truth is that you shouldn't be so worried about like what the nail shape of individual players are but rather understanding how uh, that makes sense to you in your position mm-hmm. what's the nail shape so what I recommend usually after you have a good way of sitting what's a good way in which you will have an ergonomic position everything will be balanced that you will be able to withstand longer of performing without getting extenuated like you know so if you have anything in your body set ask uh, you or, or different that what you would normally be that will also be pro- very problematic so what I'm saying is after you find a good position then and, and good right-hand placement then what I usually do is I pull the stamp paper this is not a. a, a it's an old trick you fold some paper on the string and then you just play and use the hard surface of the string to actually file the nail by the way it's going through the string so that way you see in your position how is it moving through and what is a little bit too much friction you can see you can then i will just accelerate the process with a nail file and then try that so you have enough resistance but also to create a good tone one of the premises that i have also for that is your hand needs to move naturally inwards so, if you to get a good tone, if you need, need to do anything special rather than just moving the finger in, then what will happen is the minute that you can no longer do this because you're playing a fast passage, your tone will suffer. Your, your tone should be primarily good just with the natural way of moving of the hand. If that's not in place, that's the first thing you need. You know, and then relationship of wrist, you know, angle. If you have more pronated towards the A finger, you're more like John Williams, more frontal with thumb out, or more like, uh, you know, Aida Presti, you know, La Goya um, the Bream, you know, which you line up, your line comes completely opposite. There are many ways of getting, and, and more than one way works. It's just, you need to find out with someone to guide you through that process mm-hmm. so you understand how to check your nails and depending on what nail type you have which you know there are many uh, the worst case scenario usually is the one that has like the beak going yeah, down yeah, the very flat nails. you know, know like okay. or like goes like you know curving in mm-hmm. okay. uh, so if that's the case usually shorter shorter part of the nail keeping it on the short side uh, the nails usually work the best you know, it is too specific that question, um, and there are many ways to answer that, and every every answer will differ a little from each person to each person. So, putting a sandpaper on the string and maybe maybe able to put line up the, the fingers and then go and play every single one and see how it works out, and then completing that and and trying it will actually be the best way to to find out your shape that. Uh, relates best to the actual position that you have of the hand and your angle of attack to the string. Sometimes, which I don't, I mean, I I kind of understand. Some teachers may feel a little bit too possessive about the student, mm-hmm. you know. But if you are confident about what you're doing, you should be able to let go yeah. of that uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, desire of controlling. Yeah. But rather, like you know, it will only make you a better teacher. Yeah. yeah you know, usually. I mean, it's a generalization, but usually people that don't allow you to do that, they are somewhat insecure about their own teaching in one way or another one. You know, I, I feel fairly confident about what I have to offer, but that doesn't mean it's ultimate, you yeah. know, and, and the way I'm teaching don't necessarily relate to one student the same way to another one. So when the student comes, even if they really want to work with me very badly, the first thing I tell them, have a trial lesson. And see if the way and the way we communicate yeah. is it, something that resonates with mm-hmm. you. Because I could be the best teacher on the wall, and we can be like oil and vinegar. Like, it yeah. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be stuck with someone yeah. like that for yeah. a long period of time. Yeah, sure. You know, so experiencing that, like, if you're auditioning, uh, don't go for the name of the school. That's just stupid. Yeah. I'm sorry to say this bluntly. Like, especially in the U.S., they're just thinking name of the school. You need to look for the instructor. Because that's the school. It's not the heart. The name of the school, the name of the institution, is not the heart of the institution. Mm-hmm. The heart of the institution are the students and the faculty yeah. and the teachers. If you don't have good faculty, it doesn't matter what the name of the school is. You know, I tell my students very often. You know, like, it's not about what school you went to, but how much information you're pay. You're getting uh, delivered. Mm-hmm. So if you go to a school that they and I understand. You know, in these financial times, some students go saved, and they rather go to a school that would pay him everything, mm-hmm. that would give him very good scholarship, yeah. and that's great. I mean, if you have that with a good teacher, God bless you, that's great. But if it's not, realize that the lack of information that you're not having at that moment, you will pay eventually in the future by not having the possibility of doing or exploiting your playing to the best. So you either will pay before or after. You need to look for the teacher that will actually walk you there and that you feel confident about it rather than look for the name of the institution no matter what teacher it is. Yeah. You know, Try to manage that. Don't think about I want to go so-and-so place and, and if the teacher there does not relate to you the same way or is not a good teacher, then you shouldn't attend. doesn't matter what, if that's your major focus. If it's not, if you're still trying to discover and you have a much more broader sense of what you want to do in your future, then by all means go there because then guitar is not in this case that we talk guitar. It's not something that is pulling all your strength or uh, your attention, you know. But if it is, then try to focus. Whatever instrument it is, find a teacher that will help you a lot more than an institution. An institution will only give you a paper to pull on the wall, and if you cannot back it up. When you get on the stage, it doesn't matter how big or small that paper is, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just uh, reality, like, that I never thought, uh, uh, you know, I have lost some good students Mm -hmm. to other institutions just because the parents didn't want them to come to UW-Milwaukee. They wanted to come to, you know, Yale, Harvard, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Uh, And the kid is miserable because they know. They yeah. wanted to be there, but like, you know, yeah. parents feel otherwise. Yeah, they wanted yeah. to be, and I understand, you know, they wanted to be in a different environment in which they will be surrounded by people like minded, but that can be fine. The environment, you create your environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You create your circumstances. There are a lot of people in any school. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, so it's a little puzzling sometimes how, how kids choose to pay. Hundreds and thousands of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you know uh, the 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 choices. Well, I'm not saying you choose to pay. First, it shouldn't be that expensive. But mm-hmm. um, the point is, if nowadays where you go for a bachelor's, if it's a, a, a Ivy League or not, it's not as important. And if uh, and it's much in those years that are crucial for your development that you go to somewhere that actually will help you. Mm-hmm. You can always do your masters and your PhD or DMA. In some other school with name with poor guitar program you know when already your foundation when your foundation is created Mm -hmm. then you have something more solid to work with so how do you think uh, how would how would you
0: go about figuring out which teacher is is good for you like how
1: that's 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 not a easy thing to do Mm -hmm. Uh, first of all um, when you meet a teacher again Try to see if they, if they tell you, ask the questions, because sometimes the teachers won't tell you if you don't ask. Ask questions of what they see in your plane. What deficiencies they see, what good things they see, and how they're going to help you. What would be a, a, a plan that they would trace for you, mm-hmm. right? You know, of course, it would be only um, hypothetical, because they won't know you well enough mm-hmm. to be able to do that. But they would tell you, I will be able to do this, 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 and then after we create that, we do this, we do that, we do this and then Mm -hmm. they have a plan with you. If they don't have a plan or if they're not able to tell you a plan, then I would be worried about that. Because, you know, it's too common that when you go, the students just want to play X and Y pieces and the teacher says, sure, because they just want them to be happy, you know, Mm -hmm. and then like they're playing pieces that they shouldn't be playing. So having a a teacher that has a plan is a very important thing. having a trial lesson with the teacher to see even if he has a plan or not mm-hmm. if it's something that someone that you can work with yeah the way of of, of relating information is if, if it's appealing for you or not mm-hmm. so so you're not fighting constantly your four years of bachelor's degree or yeah
0: whatever. for sure I just wonder like if you think that there's a way to sort of um like how how, how would you go about meeting like a series of of different
1: professors. Just write them. Just write them. It's, <laughs> it's very simple. Yeah. Also, look at the track record. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the track record of the teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, since 2012 to 2019, like for example, UWM will have more than 75 mm-hmm. international prizes between first, second, and third. Okay? Yeah. So you look at the track record, that means that that teacher is able to understand what's happening and how to develop players. If you just look at one player that came out of one school, that's not a clear indication of the quality of the teacher, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that could be that that kid is particularly great, yeah. you know, and talented, and it's not necessarily a result from the teacher.
3: Yeah,
1: you know, rather look at the track record, and, and you see how many how many kids want to study with now, you, the guy in Peruana, because you they know, see yeah, all that. Yeah. But they need to understand this: like uh, you, the know, guy is a great teacher, but right now he's just working the students that he's having now are in a completely different level mm-hmm. because cool. he has, he has earned that already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a way completely different level that what, you know, that let's say if you're in this stage of your career which you need to be taken by the hand and show some things, maybe this person will be able to do that but most likely not. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's in a completely different stage in their teaching experience mm-hmm. now. They are having people that are already well developed yeah. as guitarists. Yeah. You know, and they're working in in, in high levels of information. You know, you know, nuance of music, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and not necessarily technical details to great yeah. degree. Yeah. So you know, having having a teacher looking at the track records, seeing what they do, having a personal lesson, see how many of uh, players they have produced from uh, in the last five years. Don't look if they produce people in two thousand four. That means nothing. You know, you need to be, you need to go with the most current information. Yeah. Because, you know, we are human beings. We get tired. Sometimes when you're younger in your career, you give, you give a lot, you give a lot and you get results. But then after you may feel you know, like that's it, you know, and then you just go to punch in. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's it. <laughs> and, and you are and you already uh, collect your check. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want to be in that situation either. Uh, so, thinking of, of a way of, of, of getting exposed, don't think a person is high enough that they will not answer you. If someone writes me an email
3: yeah.
1: that is sincere to the point and express an interest, I feel of light to answer. I mean, I will maybe not answer immediately because it's just depending on whatever you have time, but I will answer. And then if someone asks me, like, for example, there's an amateur player that moved from, I don't know where, to Sheboygan in, in Wisconsin. He just contacted me. I'm an amateur player and I would like to take lessons with you. Mm-hmm. So I told them, well, you know, my time is very limited, blah, 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 the studio is broke. But however, come, I would like to see you playing, see where you're at, and see if I can advise you, even from my same graduate students, all the teachers around, mm-hmm. who would be a good fit for you from what I know. Mm-hmm. I may, also you come and you're the super player, and I may sacrifice some time from what I don't have just to see you and to give you. But don't discard, like, a person is too high above the chain yeah. to, to, come, to be contacted. Mm-hmm. No, n- generally, you know, we're all approachable, mm-hmm. you know. You just have to write and find a way to get yourself heard. And then uh, the worst that can happen is that I can tell you, listen, I cannot, you know, I'm yeah. so sorry. But then you try, and mm-hmm. then you already learn that, and then you move on. Most of us will tell you, look, we'll, we'll, I cannot, but try this person, yeah. Yeah. Or, or give you yeah. an alternative. You know, yeah. uh, don't just like discard it, like just like was well, he will never answer me. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm just beginning. Of course, I understand that. Also, I wouldn't recommend some beginner student having to pay my hourly hourly rates. <laughs> Rather work with someone that. Could get you to a, a good playing mm-hmm. position, so then you can take maximize what I can offer yeah, mm-hmm. as a teacher. Yeah. So there are different stages, you know. You yeah. don't need to necessarily start with Manuel Barroco when you're just playing twinkle twinkle. Yeah. You understand? <laughs> it, is, it doesn't necessarily yeah. make sense. Okay. And and besides, there are many many good players nowadays, uh, because uh, before the pedagogy was all over the place. It still is, but like right now, we're creating more. Before it was just, you go and practice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that passage was a come on, you go and you need to play more, many more hours. Yeah. So that's why back then, there were only five or 10 people worldwide mm-hmm. that were known, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the methodology was on there, and those are the people that were natural, that were like good, intuitively understood the instrument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now pedagogy has been able to, like people that before had no chance, now they are able even to have a career yeah. of mm-hmm. some sort. So those things are improving. And then as we graduate students, uh, many of them are, for example, taking up on the, I I recommend them to take up on the Suzuki School so they can be Suzuki certified. So they have at least a job to start doing, you know, doing guitar. And then when you have good players that are Suzuki certified, they are much better than the Suzuki teachers that were at the very beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know because they are much more informed. They know when there's a deficiency the here and there that they cannot of they can get out of book one and recommend this other the repertoire that yeah. that this, and not necessarily doing things by ear. So of course the playing has improved, mm-hmm. and now you see many more. Uh, what what it hasn't not improved that is uh, as much, is. Um, and I wouldn't say improved. The, the, the way the playing guitar has changed, uh, in, in which a way we're working towards being clean. And that's a, mm-hmm. the, 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 the fault of, of, of the recording industry. <laughs> yes. Because it's creating these false expectations, mm-hmm. in which your aim is to play clean like in a CD. Yeah. And yeah. of course we want to have as much as we can the musical discourse to be uninterrupted by mistakes as much as we can. Mm-hmm. But it's human. It's human. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a very famous recording of Jacqueline Dupre playing the Haydn concerto. You know, and she made a big mistake. But the rest of the playing in there is so good mm-hmm. that they decided to put it up just like that. Yeah. You know, it's human. It's human. It's, don't think of playing perfect, but rather playing expressively. Mm-hmm. Knowing what to say is much more important than saying it clean.
0: Yeah. I wonder if you think that has. Uh, do you think that maybe just people don't attend enough live concerts? Oh, at, well, that's absolutely that enough live concerts in general.
1: To have that much access into your phone of all kind of music through, uh, you know, what's the name of that um, streaming thing? Yeah. Well, no, it used to be Nexus. Now it's uh,
0: what? You oh, it? oh, Spotify, Spotify, yeah, and all yeah. that.
1: You know, having all that. Also, the quality of the audio has to be diminished to MP3. It's, it's not high yeah. def audio, so it's look. It's 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 bringing brilliantly. It's bringing access to mm-hmm. music, mm-hmm. but that doesn't substitute a mistake in a live performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in my opinion, yeah. you know. So, like every time you can go into live concert, do so. It will enrich your life. It will help you live longer, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) let's say all kind of, you see all these kind of science uh, studies done to like, to to support why students should do music, you know, what kids Mm -hmm. should do music, how important is music. The fact is music is as important as science or any other cultural, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, any other craft into the learning curriculum of any student, it will make you more human, more accessible. Even if you're not, that doesn't mean that you're gonna become a musician. That just means exposure to it. Yeah. <laughs> Even the
2: the ancient Greeks, right? Lots uh, about music education. Uh, they uh, was not was in there as yeah, part yeah. as
1: part of a complete curriculum.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like the, the stuff the stuff that you need to learn in music it just it makes everything else in your life. It teaches you like the uh, many skills many like. the
1: skills that go beyond that, mm-hmm. and and it's just like I feel always like it's so sad that we need to find excuses of yeah. justify yeah, yeah, yeah. the validity of what we're doing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't just be because it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it should be because yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's because of the humanity of it. We are mm-hmm. humans. Yeah. You know, like Russell said, like when they were cutting in the Second World War, they were trying to cut budgets from the arts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Russell said, well, if we're cutting budget for the arts, then why are we, why, why yeah. why are we fighting this war for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Because that's a sublime, is that's what brings you above the mundane life of every day. Yeah. And everything is equally important. I'm not mm-hmm. saying this is more than this or that, you know. We need a plumber as much as we need a pianist. Yeah. I, I get that, you know, but, but it's it's still it, it, it's it's sad that sometimes things are so fully devaluated. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, non sport, non athlete. Needs to work millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It's way too much money. You don't even know what to do with that yeah. much money. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You don't need, no human being needs that many millions. You know, like the whole thing is completely yeah. off cue mm-hmm. uh, because that is yeah. a lot more mass uh, oriented and a lot mm-hmm. more people, there's more yeah. money going. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. same happened with the music industry. music mm-hmm. industry is not producing, it's not promoting classical music. Because it's considered a minority. Why? Because it doesn't bring ratings. And ratings means money. Mm-hmm. It's all linked to the same thing. Yeah. You know, and So it's a sad thing that and that money is dictating. It's like in the U.S., for example, and the health, the health. Mm-hmm. The doctor will only, like, will have to go through a series of steps before they ask, they send you, for example, a CT scan. You know, you go, you have an issue, you sprain your neck, whatever. They send you to physical therapy. They do all these things and the last thing they send is a CT scan, because it's a CT scan is a lot more expensive, and the insurance is the one that is like mm-hmm. determining how the money is being yeah, spent, right. and they want to avoid that at all costs, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yes. what happens is they're not treating. What the doctor should do is do a CT scan, see what the problem is, and then treat, c- treat the yeah. <laughs> course of action that would yeah. be addressing to that. Yeah, so yeah. that's kind of the same analogy for what is happening with arts yeah. and yeah, everything, right. you know. They are just. Pulling money from here and there, not supporting it, thinking that that's not a crucial part of society. Of, of, of uh, uh, you know, we need lawyers. We need you know other people that are more uh, labor oriented, like uh, you know, people that will make
0: a lot of money really easily.
1: Well, not only, but like you know, like we need only mechanics and electricians and like and useful people. You know, yeah. what do you call that? Like trades, like, like trade school, oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. Try, like you know. Uh, the mayor of Wisconsin was like, uh, just trying to like, took a lot of money and was trying to get, he was um, defunding higher education because like, we don't need more higher education, what we need is more trade schools. The, yes, trade schools well, but like higher education yeah. brings research and, and progress. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like saying, well, let's not sponsor NASA because what they're doing is completely relevant with what's yeah. happening now in Earth. Yeah, right. But a lot of the things that we have now, now technology, all of that developed and started there uh-huh. because of the funding and the way of looking to the future. Okay. You know, you cannot only address the present. Mm-hmm. You know, Putting money in the bank, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, a little bit, you know, I wish, I wish wouldn't, we wouldn't have to justify our, our way of living as often as we need to yeah. you know it's just you enjoy it and, and it's good for your soul for sure. and you work a 9 to 5 job and if you what, all you have after is just go on and lay down in front on uh, your couch watching TV that is pretty sad mm-hmm. That that's all you got
0: well it's lucky that they even have television if the arts is so, uh, <laughs> so meaningless yeah. in the first place right? Yeah. Yeah. maybe they just go home and sit and look at their pile of money <laughs> until they go to bed yeah. <laughs> that's true or they get a, they, they
1: have anxiety attacks or how they're going to lose their money yeah. <laughs> you know you, you never know, you yeah. know I mean I, I'm not saying like look if coming if more money would come my way that would be great mm. I'm not saying no to that but how to apply and how you will change your life according to that that's a different story yeah. you know it's the application and the use you give to it yeah. otherwise it's just paper mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. paper invented by humans (laughs) you know it's just it then that's all part of the development from the very beginnings of his uh, civilization when the first guy started thinking okay maybe if i become the medic of the tribe i won't have to work so hard people (laughs) will bring me things i don't have to work on the fields Mm. you know i don't have to go hunting i just stay there like throw some shells into the sand and, and then bring the future. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are clever, and there are people that find out ways to circumvent around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I believe or I don't believe. I'm just saying a fact, I'm stating the fact yeah. that some people, the same happened with religion in many ways. Mm-hmm. Religion does not is it, wrong by humans, mm-hmm. and humans are prone to mistakes and errors, and like and taking advantage of situation mm-hmm. in many ways. So it's mm-hmm. not, you know. So some people there are ways to like don't do anything. and Being on the boat there, they <laughs> while they're, they're making money. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. In the stock market, for example, mm-hmm. the stock market is just people that make money out of producing nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, no. but I mean I don't criticize it. They they're smart enough to understand the way society. things work in society, yeah. And, yeah. and then yeah. they are yeah. they, yeah. maximizing yeah. on their on, on their experience. Mm-hmm bless their heart but however you know we need to figure out that not everything should be about that Mm -hmm. or uh, or the exposure to it shouldn't be limited to you know people having money or not or Mm -hmm. or or the media just supporting the things that give them money only solely but also the things that enrich the spirit is equally important even if it's not the greatest thing for the budget you know
0: and all this is to say, you should come and see Renee's as a <laughs> live in We went a little bit night. too deep. <laughs>
2: in your Bach improv with Ivan Rijos, can you share <laughs> how that paired up so well in the improv scenario?
1: Oh my god, that was, I played a concert in, in Puerto Rico for the... Uh, what is the mm-hmm. name? Um, oh, uh, this, this big concert series. Uh, Pro Arte Musical in Puerto Rico. So I played a concert, then... I'm very close friend with Ivan, he's an amazing player in many ways. That what you see there, is it, it was an improvement, like we went to, one of his uh, students came and did a masters, Carlos Rodriguez Quiroz, came and did a masters with me in Milwaukee. And then, you know, he made the studio in Puerto Rico and he asked me to come and just to check it out. And then Ivan came and we were all together and he asked, oh, play something together. And it just came out just like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot of preparation <laughs> of any kind. Uh-huh. It just got uh, out. Ivan is very good. Like, if you have seen videos of him improvising online, you can tell him improvise something on the style of sword. Uh, he will go and just do whatever you want, you know. <laughs> so it's quite <laughs> unbelievable. Uh-huh. It was amazing. Like, we did, I think, four different tracks of that. Actually, that night we recorded a lot more than that, that it's just that Carlos hasn't released all of that. <laughs> we did at least yeah. 40 minutes of music of me playing and he just playing above Wow! so from that particular back we did four times through, and every time we beat was absolutely different, quite brilliant his knowledge of harmony yeah. and and voicing and it's actually <laughs> uh, it's humbling yeah. you know when you see him doing that and you're playing it's like, my God. Well, you know what he, been doing. He, exactly <laughs> he's doing it right on the spot, so it's quite quite yeah. amazing, quite amazing. Yeah. I mean, and you know, and the, all the other pieces were all the same. You know, like key one pieces or like anything that play, he will just if he knows the harmonic progression of mm-hmm. it or he knows it by ear, yeah. then he can just play along wow with So quite quite. Uh, so there was no preparation. It was just like me coming here to this couch and then they say, Oh, grab a guitar and yeah. let's play. Wow. And it was like just like that. And it was amazing. It was amazing. I mean there are things in there that of course could be better. Yeah. But consider that there was no preparation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there are moments in there that it's not quite together because he was improvising mm-hmm. on the spot, you know. Yeah. So and I had to change some things that I would do otherwise, you know. It, including tempo because he had the sense of pulse that I had to play that a lot faster, yeah. you know. <laughs> but it was, it was a great experience. I, You know, if you haven't seen Ivan Trijos, it would be a good thing. If he if he plays close to you, it would be a great thing for you to, to come and see. Yeah, maybe we'll get him to come up here one time. Yeah. yeah, he's difficult to get, like just because he doesn't want to travel. Ah, oh, fair enough. He's <laughs> just, so he's just like, uh, you know. <laughs> You know, he was amazing. Also, he, he stopped playing for a while. No, no, he stopped playing, but he was not, uh, for a time in his life, he, he was a cook. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so he was still playing guitar, but yeah. like, he was not, he, he was a cook. Yeah. Like, he's an amazing cook, actually. Oh, Ooh, he loved food. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah,
2: someone's asking, what's the program for tomorrow?
1: I well, I had to send a program already, but like I wasn't sure even like what to do. So I'm gonna do the first half, uh, Cuban mm-hmm. music, in which I want to do lesser known Cuban music, uh, not only Brower, you know, Sonata and all that. I am leaving that out this time. Yeah, I'm gonna do um, some folk things, some 19th century Cuban piano music arranged right. for guitar, and of course some Brower. But the lesser known, like for example, the Preludios Epigrammaticos, and I think I will finish the first half with, um, with Elogio de mm-hmm. la Danza. The second half is all a Spanish program. Yeah. Uh, Doing do four sonatas, Escalati Sonatas, then Madroños Torroa, Junto a Generalife by Rodrigo, uh, then some, um, I think I asked for Rondeña and Petenera by Sainz de la Massa, but I may do the Zapateado too, mm. and Ruiz Pipo, uh-huh. I would change my... Yeah. Uh, my I sent, but I may change my mind as I'm playing there. Yeah, we just have to have something to, yeah, to get Yeah, <laughs> know. You know... <laughs> it's fine,
0: you know. It's not, I, I may, change, been I may concept, change my mind uh,
1: yeah. about several things, depending uh-huh. on how I feel. Yeah. Uh, and because, well, you submit, but, it, you know, every day is different. So you get, like, and you feel, oh, this is a good day for this piece. Yeah. And yeah. then you just... Mm-hmm. So I try to have a broad, like different programs mm. Mm. Uh, going on if I can yeah. help it mm-hmm. so I can choose a mix and, and change
0: that's interesting that you say so you you will tend to decide your program sort of like the day of pretty really. much yeah
1: oh, okay interesting pretty much I mean of course there are th- things that I already have bedded and, and, and played mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so it's not like I'm gonna Test everything. Right. I may test one or two new pieces into a program, mm-hmm. but I won't change an entire program. Yeah, yeah. Just because for that you need time. Mm-hmm. If I will have you know five hours a day to practice, or whatever, yeah, yeah. then you will be able to like, you know, change programs more often. But mm-hmm. right now with the so busy, and I'm learning a lot of new repertoire for chamber music constantly. Yeah. So then you know when it comes to my solo, I can like add two or three pieces at a time, changing it in with the program. So I have a Baroque program, a Cuban music program, Spanish program, um, and all of the above, like mixture of everything, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. all in there, including new compositions also in, in that mix. Mm-hmm. But depending on where you are, the energy that you feel from the audience yeah. is different every mm-hmm. time. So you, you get a better feel. Like for example, in San Remo, I was doing... I think mostly Cuban, and then I felt like the energy was a little bit low and they needed something a little bit, so then I throw a Scarlatti in the mm-hmm. mix and then everything yeah, changes. Yeah. Then it's because of how you engage and you mm-hmm. keep them, uh, the, the audience focused mm-hmm. on what you're doing, yeah. what makes a difference at the end. Um,
2: They're asking, how do you learn your pieces? What's the process behind it? Do you research <laughs> the
1: composer's intention or things like that, or? You should actually, yes, I do. Um but for, there are different questions in there. So how do I learn pieces? Mm-hmm. Um you mean the process to play it yeah, or, or yeah. Uh, well, um depending on the amount of time that I have. <laughs> for example, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was supposed to play Vivaldi Concerto like in September, you know? Mm-hmm. And and the co- conductor just asked me like a week before, oh, can we do Giuliani Opusteri? Uh-huh. And I never played Giuliani before of the It's so, like okay. <laughs> So I had to learn in eight days. Yeah. So in eight days I did like first first movement, first day fingering everything that was difficult. Mm-hmm. Second day second movement. Third day third movement. Mm-hmm. After I got all fingerings that were doable somehow, you start like just working on, on, on you know on the musical ideas and, and um, making sure that I could play it. Yeah. Then understanding the the period music of course like mm-hmm. what the context in which it was written, etc. All of that, it helps. Um, generally, um, nowadays, uh, um, I get a lot of music sent to me, like by composers that they wanted me to play the music. Then I sit down and read it. I use it as a, a, a side reading if I can, you know, just see if I like the piece or not yeah. to be played. And then I do some research. I try to, um, there is some music. <laughs> That uh, that is not known for a reason, you know, like, so I try to, like, I, I try to, like, read through, instead of, like, trying to get myself to focus into just playing one composer, I try to look at it from the musical perspective, and then work my way backwards. It's pretty similar to exactly, the, for example, the way you learn how to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You learn how to speak, then when you go to school, they explain the grammar, mm-hmm. rules, and everything else. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, understand what's happening and the syntaxes and everything you yeah. know, but it doesn't they don't start teaching you the grammar before you can just yes do right. your first sentence yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. so in that sense music mm-hmm. is what attracts me first mm-hmm. and then after I attract it by that then I do the research mm-hmm. on the composers and everything else mm-hmm. I don't go out there and start looking for research of who's doing something innovative or yeah. rather who's something uh, who's doing something that is appealing to me yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a difference, mm-hmm. you know. And then I move, I move to that, but not necessarily the other way around. It's not like I'm searching to, to play only obscure music, you know. There are obscure music that is quite good, mm-hmm. and there's others obscure music that is quite bad. Yeah. When I was a student at Yale, um, I used to work on the library, and Yale would buy would buy this um, box of musics on, on in in options. So it would be boxes of music, yeah. like and then they would give me, I would be in charge of, of going through the guitar part of it. Mm-hmm. That they bought. So there would be like five, six boxes full of guitar music, I had no idea what it was. Yeah. And then I would go through all of them and, and just open and then what it was valuable to one part when I was like not so great to another box. Mm-hmm. And then so they can categorize that and then catalog, you know. Mm-hmm. So that told me that there's a lot of music and a lot of composers that I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And there was a reason why, I yes. have no idea, you know, because the compositions were not great. Yeah. But then others, I found very good pieces mm-hmm. and, and every very good compositions that otherwise I would not have been able to. So make it a part of your daily side reading, which you, you all need to do, by the way. Yes. <laughs> and make it a part of your daily side reading just to like go to some new piece and then read a little bit. Nice. Because usually we just play, you know, if you're just playing your repertoire, um, from time to time that you learn and you perform, by the time you start learning all the new music, it's been like what four, five months yeah. apart. Way too it's long. way too long, and then you your sight reading is completely rusty, and it's like yeah. you know, yeah. and it's a painful process. That's yes. why we don't want to like necessarily engage into doing again because that's the part that we like the least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the least that you enjoy, yeah. uh, because you are not yet not enough the piece so you can play and you're not sounds bad yeah Yeah, pretty much (laughs) but but if you actually get uh, a habit of doing like 10 minutes every day and just reading you will read new pieces improve your technique and you improve your awareness about other music that is out there Mm -hmm. it's a good way to go about it yeah so So it's it's functional too you don't feel like you're wasting time yeah Rather like reading. okay, I'm sight reading, and then at the same time I'm looking at mm-hmm. what's new out there. Yeah, yeah.
2: Where do you get your collections for sight reading? Do you just like find uh, composers' websites, or you just find like a big like bulk score dump somewhere mm-hmm. library? Many, or oh, the
1: combination of all of the above. Yeah. Music that is sent to me, uh, all the music that I, you know I just open randomly in my library. I, I try sometimes get also even you know the day that I want to work on something different mm-hmm. i would look for different repertoire violin repertoire you know like mm-hmm. just solo pieces of, of different o- other instruments yeah not necessarily only guitar mm-hmm. you know so it would be a good way also to understand other literature yeah. out there because there's a lot of like two you know unfortunately we guitarists do not have the best we have beautiful pieces but we don't have the best composers because <laughs> Our, yeah. our instrument offer a, a lot of limitations in sound. Mm-hmm. That's why Beethoven was never drawn to guitar. Like, yeah. I mean, we have Paganini, but Paganini played guitar, you know, very little. Like, I mean, by little, mean, compared to the violin. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. The, the amount that he wrote for the violin to compared to the guitar is mm-hmm. not... is it, not amountable, How do think
0: most violinists know that he played the guitar? No,
1: well, they do some. But like, is, is they're well-informed, yes, they yeah, do. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> but we have very few... Big composers that ever know, mm-hmm. and then what happens is it's like uh, the the technical demand of every, every instrument changed as the level of the compositions were made. Mm-hmm. So that's why the pedagogic school of piano is a lot more profound in many ways mm-hmm. than that of the guitar, mm-hmm. because the demand of early Haydn, Beethoven, Mozart mm-hmm. sonatas is quite higher. Mm-hmm. So they needed to come out with things to. Be able to the technique enough to be able to withstand. Mm I mean, we
0: we did get Rodrigo writing for us. I know, but (laughs) Rodrigo, in
1: the large scale of the big composers, oh, I know, he's not he's not big enough. He is big, but it's not
0: speaking more to like the technical demands of the repertoire. Yes, 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 absolutely.
1: Well, for that you got also Turina, and you got Mm -hmm. many other composers that. Mm -hmm. Tedesco. Tedesco didn't know how to like, yes. play guitar <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he wrote pieces that are amazing mm-hmm. for a repertoire. Not only really beautiful but very challenging in many mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. because he didn't necessarily play things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So nowadays I, you know, when composers contact me, i said say, like, you think that you're writing for the piano. <laughs> and they will think about what is possible and what's not possible. Mm-hmm. Because they tend to think linearly when they think of guitar and they end up doing, like, you know just compositions for guitar in which they don't use the polyphonic uh, mm-hmm. possibilities yeah. that we have okay. as much yeah it's just more linear 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 Meanwhile, well, if if you tell them right for the piano they all understand the piano a lot better yeah yeah that they would guitar mm-hmm. and then we start seeing what's possible guitar is very versatile yes it is, yes, it is. and we love it but uh, but uh, to tell you the truth like. Many of the good composers are afraid of writing for it because they don't know it. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't understand the instrument very well. And they they, feel like they need to. And they feel that they, exactly. So, and of course it's understandable. However, you know, it it is possible to get, um, and that's for example something that Julian Brink was great, and Segovia Mm were great about, about creating a repertoire for us. Segovia would see anyone that would be a example of a good composer, and he will immediately, like, kind of harass them <laughs> to write music for the guitar for him in particular. yeah, yeah. Obi oh, yeah, was very smart about creating a repertoire for him mm. that, at the end, also would be useful for the for the guitar world. Yeah, you know. So he created a career by doing that. You know, the same way David Starwin did with yeah. uh, Elliot Carter and like yeah. you know, uh, Josh Crom. Just they getting all new music, new composers to write, and then. You know, they work with them in the whole process of, of how to make it possible mm-hmm. on yeah, the instrument. Yeah.
0: But it starts at the top level. With yeah, the, with the sound and the music that they want to produce. Yes, you know, sort of work backwards.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And say so like, okay, now what can how can we thin this layer so it's possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a lot of times the composers will say, oh yeah, this works, that works. I know, maybe I like that better than this, but mm-hmm. you know. So that's why, like, sometimes we criticize Segovia a lot in the way he edited many of the music but in, in many of, the, of, of those editions he um, did it strongly but like uh, many of the others he actually worked with the composers mm-hmm. to to make uh, some additions that musically actually makes sense Yeah, yeah. And, and the composers agreed you know so now uh, there's a whole trend of, of trying to play the you know the whole editions yeah yeah exactly Stuff, yeah. And and try to do the orthox, uh, the mm-hmm. ortex editions mm-hmm. of the pieces, but some things are functional, some others are not, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know you can still do your own version. <laughs> Sorry. Um,
2: so he's asking, have you ever found yourself in moments where you doubt yourself or you feel lost in any way? And if so, what Performing have you... or in life? Uh, it's, I don't know. At life, performing, Performing guitar. or in life? <laughs> <laughs> and if so, Because that's
1: constantly. Yeah.
2: If so, <laughs> what have you done to inspire yourself and gain confidence back? Ooh, okay. That means performing probably.
1: Like, you know, Either one, he says. Either one, okay. Well, in life, you, you constantly uh, doubt like what you're doing if this is good enough or not like so we have uh, but that's part of every development you know you have these steps in which things go up it makes sense all of a sudden you got one step up but then you fall into a little plateau and those plateaus are also needed and beneficial because it Mm can't be only in the steep Mm -hmm. curve of Mm -hmm. progress so those plateaus are the ones that help you bring all the elements of that you had uh, uh, you know, that you're trying to bring into fruition and put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so do not be afraid of, of, of a stagnation. What you need to find out is like, uh, what I find out in, in, in my case is when I find not sure what to go next, I, I just stay working. And, you know, on things, on, on general principles that I think are good. Like, you know, keep working and polishing my plane and what's the next thing? You know, what what's the next thing that I need to worry about? And, and generally, the way I always think is like, how could I gain more freedom mm. while performing right on the spot? Mm. You know, comfort. How could I gain that comfort to be able to be confident about being free about doing things, you know? And, and that's usually the goal. When, when I'm not quite sure what to follow, another thing I do, I ask other people, I I play for other other musicians my wife is a guitarist so I play for her often and she you know she's my toughest critic I play mm-hmm. uh, I play a lot of times for pianists mm-hmm. when I can because they don't know the limitations of an instruments and they will ask you uh, uh, musical demands or musical ideas the uh, mm-hmm. things that they don't know if it's possible to achieve or not and it's your job to see okay I see what he's trying to say like let me see how can I make this work mm-hmm you Know somehow. I remember when I had my first master class with the pianist, yeah, it was a very famous pianist in New York. And he, um, I played for him, and he's like, What's that noise? And it was just like our, our usual, our usual yeah. strange which <laughs> we fade out completely because yeah. it's we don't aware of that. It's, it's like we assume it as part of our play. And he said, What's that noise? I said, What noise? And I like, like, yeah, that noise. Don't you hear it's like no I'm sorry and then eventually I figured out that he would mend this quick and then when I noticed that then it started bothering me because mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's noise it's not sound yeah so how can I diminish that and then it became a whole uh, like madness period yes. for me yes. to try to like improve <laughs> yeah. that you know in my playing yeah. And, yeah. and it actually brought me to the next level sometimes yeah. the input uh, like of course we need to look inwards For inspiration, but don't be afraid to look outwards, to Mm -hmm. ask people, what do they see in uh, your plane and how could, you know, uh, what do you see that, that, uh, what do they see that you may improve Mm -hmm. on on which direction, you know, because a lot of times it's like playing a chess, uh, uh, watching a chess game. From the outside, you can see all the moves. You're like, oh, do this, do that, do that. But when you're sitting, you're blinded by the whole you know em- yeah. environment that that like that you don't see things as clearly mm-hmm. because you're trying to have too many things in consideration and sometimes from the outside window mm-hmm. is a lot more simple mm-hmm. so how do i like get keep myself inspired uh, first i think consistency and and simply doing the job and mm-hmm. every day a step forward no matter how small it is is still forward mm-hmm. you know so keep practicing And and more importantly, think what you want to do, like music that you want to be inspired by. In those periods that are more difficult in your playing to find your soul or your inspiration, then start looking for things that you really want to do, you know. And if you're not sure what it is, then start questioning it is what are you doing in the first place. Mm -hmm. Now, if you cannot find inspiration, at Mm -hmm. least find what are you doing currently that you're not happy with Mm -hmm. and work the other way around. So, like, I'm not currently happy with this, this, and that. And how could I change at least one of those factors? And see how you can move about it. Yeah. This is as true in life as it is in guitar. Yes. So... (laughs) Okay. Got too soon to fill my inspired tank. All right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, uh, it's it's, a... every life is different you know everyone motivations are different so you need to find what what fuels yours and and of course that flame is gonna be sometimes very bright and some of us a little more dim. but there's an old saying I mean there's also in English like fire that burns twice as high dies Mm -hmm. twice as fast Mm -hmm. so don't be afraid of being a slow but consistent life is is, is more of instead of a speed race it's more like a marathon in which you need to time and pace yourself so you get to the finish line it's the longest thing you'll ever do (laughs) pretty much (laughs) so you know time yourself and see how you can pace it so you can not wear yourself out in a possible uh, scenario so think and reassess from time to time in your life what is it that is most important for you and what are you doing to? What are you willing to give up in exchange for that? And how much, mm-hmm. you know? Because it cannot be only work work, work and nothing back. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it won't be it, it won't last long if mm-hmm. that's the, the way you're looking at it. Yeah,
2: maybe, maybe we should do a small one. So, who's who's had the biggest
1: influence on you and your music? Small question. Well, the truth is, different people are different times and different stages. Uh It's like when they ask me, who's my favorite composer? You know, at different stages, I like different composers for different reasons, you know? The same as as different people inspire me in different ways. For example, when I was in fifth grade, my history teacher was a very smart man, you know? And not music history, just general history. It was a clever man, you know, and he would come and give the most inspiring lectures. And they had nothing to do with music, Mm -hmm. you know. So my teachers, performers, you know, aspiring to someone else, like, you know, listening to other people what they can do and see if I ever could could achieve anything like that. So it's very very unique from every individual Mm -hmm. what you can... um, Find yourself like looking for, you know.
2: Sorry, I just need to ban somebody.
1: Oh. <laughs> that somebody was spamming? Ah, uh, yeah, one second. That's okay. Uh, yeah. See? That's like a waste of time. For that person that is spamming, Is not achieving anything. And then what it's, what it's making is wasting time. Yeah, it's wasting everyone's time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is you know yeah. there are people like that again, surround yourself with people that are in your same wavelength that think like you that inspire you that give you energy yeah and, and you should be okay oh wh- who inspire me very different people uh, in different very different scene uh, uh, spheres not only necessarily only music mm-hmm. you know so it's it's very uh, hard to narrow it down yeah. You know, as well as my favorite composer, is depending on what stage of my life mm-hmm. I am, you know.
0: So, again, I'm getting actually a question through my Twitch, or sorry, through my, through my Facebook. Uh, someone's asking me to ask you what your opinion on marijuana is. <laughs> <laughs> as a university
1: professor, and. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll tell you this. Uh, like in the case of the US, they are trying to ban forever. Mm-hmm. And, and people did it all the time, you go to Amsterdam, my one is legal, people buy it, and, and it's not a big deal. It's just when you tell people that they cannot do it, that yeah. they have the urge of doing it no matter what. It's yeah. so when you tell a teenager, do not go smoke, and they're just trying to buy a pack of cigarettes, which is terrible tasting. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you remember your first puff. If it only tasted better. <laughs> yeah. If you remember your first puff, you, rem- you know that it was terrible. You're doing it just because of social uh, pressure or whatever moment in there. Yeah. I'm not saying that my one is social pressure or not. What I'm thinking about is the way we introduced to some of the things. Mm. If they will legalize it, then it wouldn't be a problem. It wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. You know? People are doing it anyways. Mm. If they can make a business out of it and get tax from there, that would yeah, be yeah, money yeah. and income that will yeah. go into the, the schools. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, to to tell you what, I I in Cuba Marijuana was like almost impossible, if, if non existent, to find. Yeah. It was only some foreigners when they will come that they will have access to some of that they will bring in. I never had in Cuba. Um, actually, the first I did smoke uh, when I was at Yale University my first year. Of course, I, of course. <laughs> there was, there was this, uh, this violinist from Kansas City. I think it's one of the first violinists from the symphony now, uh, Kyle Lombard. Kyle Lombard. Uh, figured out that I never had smoke in my life. It's like my God, man, we're gonna change that tonight. So he 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 took. Uh, we went to Blockbuster back then. The Black Buster still well, the Blockbuster videos were still going on. Oh, oh yeah. So <laughs> we, we, we rented. He rented. Guess what? Uh, he rented um, the Big Blavosky. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and he rented uh, Scarface. Okay. Uh, because he wanted my opinion yeah. in, in, on the on the way the Al uh, Pacino was butchering the, the key accent. And I, and I let me tell you I, it was the funniest shit ever <laughs> <laughs> to watch the dude Lawowski <laughs> while smoke up and So you know, it was very, very funny. And I, I and, and actually I maybe I've done it maybe one or twice in my entire life since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not something that I drawn to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't need to get the high an you know, inspiration from marijuana. Yeah. You know, because marijuana what provides is escape. Same as uh, same as alcohol, same as any mm-hmm. other thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's escape from reality. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to escape from my reality. I want to make my reality fit what I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, so if you want to smoke one or twice, bless your heart. If that's the only way you can get by life, then reassess. Because, um, You're doing something that is not keeping you happy. And you should not be looking uh, for an external source for for happiness. Try to look Mm -hmm. inward and see what's happening. Again, that does not define a person. Mm -hmm. But depending on what you do with that and how that becomes your... Like, for example, I quit smoking in Cuba. I was very hungry growing up, like terribly hungry. I mean, right now, if you have an idea of pounds. When I came to the United States, I was 119 119 oh. pounds and now I'm 208 <laughs> you know so in mine I was like almost like in a concentration camp like yeah, really I mean, starving I mean, I mean, yeah. so when in Cuba we all smoke cigarettes because it, it's oh, yeah. an appetite suppressant yeah, so we yeah. all will smoke okay yeah that's another excuse I, I know that like we also like the smoke after but at the <laughs> beginning yeah. it started to like social pressure then it became an appetite suppressant also drinking a lot of alcohol, mm-hmm. and not the good one, that's a homemade crap, you yeah, know? Yeah. So that would get you by the day. So when I left Cuba in 1995, June 9, 1995, Friday, Monday after that, I said, okay, enough. Mm-hmm. I don't need to smoke anymore. And it was terrible time, you know, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. quick talk, cold turkey, I gained a lot of weight from eating. Also I was on the way, but like, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm smoking, and uh, you know quitting smoking didn't help so in other words when i realized that i that the cigarette was controlling everything about the way i was living life you know if i didn't have a smoke i would just like be jittery Mm -hmm. and say wait a minute that this is going too far yeah Yeah. so as far as you can control it then -hmm. you can do whatever you want yeah Yeah. with life Mm -hmm. with your life you know but it has to be always you in control. It cannot mm. control you. If yeah. it controls you, then you are. Uh, um, you need to reassess why you're doing and how.
2: Cassi says that's also why he started smoking. Feels bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then as someone's asking, do you have any favorite pieces that you like to play? Depending with the time, you know. <laughs> right, just, now. No. Right, right now,
1: right <laughs> now, right now. I so many. Okay. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to say one favorite piece. Mm-hmm. Because it would be unfair to many other very good pieces, you yeah. know, that I, I like, okay, I like pieces for different reasons, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. I, for example, one of my favorite composers is Debussy. Mm-hmm. I like impressionistic music mm-hmm. because, it, it you know, it resonates with me. But that doesn't mean that I don't love Bach or that I don't love a good Mozart. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I thought Mozart was uh, kind of boring. Was, uh, for me was too transparent yeah and I now as I get older I realize the genius of it precisely in that transparency mm-hmm. how it makes everything like sublime in many ways so yeah. it is very really difficult to tell you know I love Beethoven I love Mozart I love Schubert I, I love Mahler and, you know yeah from the modern composers George Chrome, um more modern, like there are many newcomers that are actually writing quite good and not only guitar, you know, in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just wish, like, the modern composers are starting to write things also accessible for the general crowd. And by yes, that I don't mean, yeah. by that I don't mean to give up their principle over mm-hmm. that, but like, yeah. it's, it's when you start writing only for musicians, then it loses the whole, you know. Yeah, it's ethos of it mm-hmm. if you need yeah. to explain a piece of music 25 minutes yeah. so people understand what you're trying to do then mm-hmm. it's missing the point because right. the whole idea yeah. is to transmit without talking uh-huh. yeah. what that idea should be mm-hmm. you know
0: it did swing a little bit too far that direction in like the 50s and the 60s oh, is it? and, and it's still, still like, you
1: know like what like happened like is with, the, the, with uh, 12 tone mm-hmm. it, it gave a lot of window for people that are not very good composers <laughs> to hide underneath <laughs> that and yeah. Schoenberg yeah. knew yeah. that yeah, you know that it will also all of a sudden a minimalist in many ways also did the same thing mm-hmm. like if you can write me a fugue in a style of Bach and then you choose to do minimalism that's fine like the same <laughs> as Picasso <laughs> Yeah, he yeah, used yeah. to do Cubism but he could paint a, a copy of the Velasquez mm-hmm. Meninas yeah, mm-hmm. if he wanted to mm-hmm. you know so it's a choice f- that it derives from a, a person that has skills now mm-hmm. if you use that as a way to hide the fact that you have no skills yeah. or little skills yeah. in your craft, story. that's yeah. a different story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, And those are the music that is never going to surpass. There, I know composers that they just write and the first thing they say is like, well, this is the most difficult piece ever written for this instrument. And? <laughs> yeah. How is that valuable? How does it sound? How, exactly, how is this, like, is yeah. that something that people are going to be looking to ask like, themselves when they're playing? Yeah. That piece will get played only once by the, whoever you're forcing or commission it yeah. and then you will get buried <laughs> right. like many of the other things. It's not about that. It's about yeah. like reaching and, mm-hmm. and being yeah. you know mm-hmm. true like to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Any questions? Yes. I'm yes, getting exactly. hungry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. usually have yeah, like, any uh, This is about, oh, it's about yeah, it. Okay. it. Yeah. Okay. we didn't may Maybe just, like last one. No, no. It's okay. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm just... Um, I'll just have a
1: little jet lag because I was yeah. in, in Italy,
2: Sanremo <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, um, you know, it's breakfast time. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. Uh, so, last thing, do you think the guitar can develop more? What can it change, or like, what do you think the change might be if guitar does continue developing?
1: That's a good point. Well, we have gone through several like uh, stages in which we add the strings, to strings, and, and like you know, did yeah. all kind of things. Yeah. I also alternative tunings mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. offer a complete different. You know, just. Yeah. if you want things different just tune the guitar yeah. different mm-hmm. and immediately you have a complete different instrument mm-hmm. and possibilities of writing yeah. you know for it so I think more scordatura will offer a mm-hmm. different world sonority yeah. you know, yeah. that we are less exposed to mm-hmm. yeah. you know yeah. so I think there is a lot to explore in that, mm-hmm. in that regard um, of course we still you know when it comes to uh, technical development and, 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 and pedagogy, there is still a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. And we need to have a source of information that, that, we need to develop a source of information in which we can, for example, like have all the different schools of teaching guitar, like from, you know, so you have the, uh, how do they introduce guitar in the Italian school, then the German, the mm-hmm. Slovak, the French, yeah. and there are a lot of points that are very similar. But there are certain particular things that are very individual of each one. how they approach attack everything yeah. the sound and you know you know when you go to the, the Slavic school it's much more Italian is much more delicate French is much more superficial that's why a lot of them and by that I don't mean it as a bad thing it's yeah. just like the attack is a lot more gentle mm-hmm. so they a lot of them play small and uh, guitars mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they need that big sound yeah. because they don't pushing mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. much and then you see someone like Lukas Kropachevsky that's like yeah, like It's like a, you know, like Godzilla there on guitar. <laughs> like on, on, a, on a good way, I mean. Like, yeah, like yeah. I know, you, you know, Lucas, if you're happy to see that, you know what I mean. You know, <laughs> it's a guy that is about weight and yeah, white yeah. power. Mm-hmm. And then you see someone like Andrea DeVitis and he's completely about um, touch and, and sensitivity. And so everybody, yeah. Javier Jara, different. They're mm. all like completely different. So there's a lot of room for us to, um, to the information in one place so yeah. it's more available to one um, more than way more than one way yeah. you know instead of just you being exposed only for through your teacher you also mm-hmm. have a source mm-hmm. in which you can read oh in and uh, you know go out and for example they do this uh, uh, like exercise of playing on the string feeling the tension of the string and releasing mm-hmm. that they do in poland and hungary mm-hmm. so this approach mm-hmm. That's why you see, for example, marching when they play, they do yeah. this all the time. Yeah. That comes from there. So yeah. if we understand all these nuances, there's yeah. a lot more to learn uh-huh. and, and to to keep all together. Mm-hmm. You know, the Spanish school is very
0: different. You know. Yeah. Do you think uh, Do you think tone base does enough to sort of start to address this?
1: Tone base is great. Yeah. I mean, I wish when I was a student I would have sourced with that. Yeah. The problem with that, uh, the only problem is like it, many things do not go in depth enough mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like only touching the surface even within any of the concepts like every every lessons that I have done from there I've done as deep as I could but then the videos were too long yeah you know it would be like 30 minutes talking about we are I mean um, um, about Brower Etudes one through five you know yeah. it's like what is it so much to talk about mm-hmm. the planting damping like you know <laughs> ideas of freedom blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. there's actually literally tons of it to talk yeah. about And then in in some of the videos that I've seen, it's like just scratching the surface. But it's a good tool in the sense that it gives you the right direction where you start looking. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Tongue base is not the answer for anything. It's just a guidance Mm -hmm. for you to know in which direction to steer, Mm -hmm. you know, and what actually resonates with you. Mm -hmm. It's just a source of information. And this is not the the only one. There were others before, Mm -hmm. you know trying to utilize the internet, uh, you know, as way of like, you know, I thought even like about starting a channel just myself, just to address, you know, people would write me, talk about this piece, and then I would just do a whole lesson about mm-hmm. it, you know, to make it available, you know, yeah. because what, right, what what's happening, the more, the, the biggest trouble is everybody's trying to monetize on knowledge. Mm. And I understand, you know, mm-hmm. we wanna yeah. I, I wanna get paid for the information I have earned. Yeah. But not to the point of not giving it mm-hmm. or just administering a small dosage at a time. Yeah. So I can still have room Milder to give. People exactly. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. So which is been a, I mean, a little bit sad. Like now if we all be paid what I think concerts should be paid and like and and, and arts be supported, then we wouldn't yeah. be like doing that will yeah, be more yeah. willingly giving the information. Right. Having said that there will be still people there, there was a, a story done by Times magazine some years ago about the different type of personalities. there are people that will work well no matter what they are paid. Mm-hmm. There are others that will work uh, only to if they are paid. Hmm. enough. Hmm. There are others that will work bad no matter how good they are paid. <laughs> and, they, you know, so yeah. they, all of that circumstances apply. So it's not, you know, yeah. I'm describing a utopia. People are not going to start giving all the secrets. There are no secrets. All the information is that is there, available for you. The problem is how you learn how to read between the lines mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and understand what the underlying reasons of things. Yeah. That's what it's about. Some yeah. people have developed the ability to see better than others and then, you know, they, hadn't got, they have gotten as a result farther ahead mm-hmm. in the skill. Yeah. You know, so but all the answers are right there. And, and again, if, if finding a good teacher that can help you surf through that, all that source of information is a good, probably, invaluable tool. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so yes, we can improve as guitarists, a ton. this is just you know, g- guitars is now what piano was for a long time. Mm-hmm. It started to get to that level yeah. mm-hmm. and in which we, we started to be accepted by the entire rest of the mm-hmm. music industry, yeah. you know, at least in the classical guitar world, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you know, because uh, so play chamber music, interact with other musicians and, and, you know, have all the people see that, 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 Playing guitar is not like just, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and there's a lot more to it. And, and we need to have, uh, we are responsible to maintain that tradition mm-hmm. of, of changing the way it's perceived. Yeah. You know, guitars that have mm-hmm. more frets, yes, I do. And mm-hmm. and actually, I mean, I tried a few in the GFA, there was a, these com- this guys that are building ones that actually you can change the fretboard. Mm-hmm. And put it's movable fret. Yeah, and yeah. You can change. It's magnets, so you can put a new magnet, oh, really? and they have the guitar will be tuned in C, then in D. You can play the world oh, tempered oh, clavier in tune. It's oh, actually, quite, really? it's oh, actually okay. quite great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing is, then you need to travel with a guitar with tons of different necks and it <laughs> between every tune. Yes. Uh, yes. It's not as simple, but it's doable. And mm-hmm. I played it, and, and it actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, But to make a whole career out of playing only with more frets is a little little bit more difficult, but doable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's depending if you think that you want to go that way. Especially because it won't resonate. Some people will listen to some uh, um, just intonation uh, way different that because they are already accustomed to listening to the traditional 12-tone distribution that we're doing, Mm -hmm. you know. And although guitar can adjust a lot better than piano, you know, because we still, but if, if you have a friendly guitar that we're talking about something even more functional, mm-hmm. but, uh, when you have the movable frets, then you need to tune everything and like it's, it's all have different sets and have a, you know, I would say, I would say like putting one or two pieces in within the program, that would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Having a full program of that requires a level of challenge that is different
0: it's, it seems difficult to me too like if you ever have like modulations or anything like that in the piece too. but usually
1: but usually within this this intonation with the movable fret they are considering actually modulation mm-hmm. to the fifth or the third so mm-hmm. it still okay. will sound not too bad yeah, of course yeah. certain chords will sound terrible yeah yeah <laughs> so you to like, pick your repertoire so you got to pick a yeah. repertoire yeah. that yeah. will actually enhance mm-hmm. uh, will be enhanced by that yeah yeah rather than you know just playing just a standard repertoire and just try it. Yeah. And I did it. I did try that and it's a, it. And it makes a difference. It mm-hmm. makes a difference. Hmm. It's just yet another movable factor into a tangled web of possibilities. Yeah, yeah. So it's just depending on which way you're going to go. Oh, I know him. Yes. Well, I, I mean, this case is not talking about him. I'm talking about the GFA that I saw this group of people that do this like mobile frets uh, uh move the uh, fingerboard that is tuned in two different keys you know mm-hmm. so again it's a world of possibilities and the idea is just to try something that is unique but uh, do not isolate also all the way yourself from from the stream, you know, just have some perspective of where you are within the mainstream mm-hmm. that is happening and how much far away and to what degree you want to get. Yeah. Because if you get too far from the mainstream, then you're going to have a very selective group of, of audience listening to that and that may not support the way of life. You know what I mean? Yes. But again, yeah. you can make it. It's pioneering. Every single first person that had to do it always had to go to the toughest path. Mm-hmm. path you know, so
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. alright so do you have any do you have any upcoming events coming up any concerts because we have people from like all over so you might be able to cast I'm, I'm
1: playing these. next concert well I need to go back to teaching <laughs> 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 so I'm conducting I conduct this orchestra so I'm conducting two concerts uh, on December I'm doing a concert in, ah yes in Florida Florida Guitar Foundation on I think it's Saturday December 8th and then I play two concerts with a mandolinist, very famous, Italian mandolinist, Carlo in Sarasota. Okay. So that that's... would be good, like, good things. Then I have a little break. Well, no break. I have to learn tons of repertoire for end of January. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it will be a different kind of break. Yeah. Like, uh, it will, from, from the 20th uh, to the 10th of January, I have, uh, you know, a period of just relaxing and learning. Yeah. Some new stuff. So, mm-hmm. in general, it's just, I, I try to stay focused on what's next. Great. Great. Uh, without being overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. If you think too far ahead, then yeah. you end up freezing and not doing <laughs> anything. So, yeah. it's just like, what do I have to do next? Yeah. And plan carefully. Yeah.
2: Ahead. Mm-hmm. All right. So, we'll, we'll post all of Renee's information in the Discord later and we'll be spamming it in the Twitch tonight. But, uh, if any of you are in Vancouver and you want to check out the concert, it'll be tomorrow night at seven PM at the uh, Vancouver Symphonies, and it'll be seriously an amazing concert. I mean, you can just tell from this like amazing perspective here that you know you know it's gonna be good. So if you're here,
1: uh, yeah, come, yeah, please come, yeah, it'll be <laughs> come, great. come. Trust Bye. me, whatever videos you have seen online. It's much better. (laughs) I'm not saying that I can play it better, but it's much better the experience. It's an amazing I would try to make it better, but (laughs) (laughs) But, it would be an experience that I I hope I can, you know, help you take home because those type of things cannot record. It's like when you go to, just one more, when you go to see the Grand Canyon and you take Mm -hmm. a picture of the Grand Canyon and you show it to people, people say like, wow, but you that was there mm-hmm. and looking at the picture, mm-hmm. you know that that doesn't even, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you like, to describe remember, yeah, the depth yeah, yeah. of that situation and mm-hmm. the circumstances. So it's the same with yeah. this. So come, come, I'm going to be playing in the second concert, oh. I just picked up a guitar in, in San Remo, uh, this oh, German oh, yeah. and, and brought it down, so I'm going to be playing my very second concert in this guitar. Oh. Who's, who's the builder? Michel Brook. Um, oh, Brook? I think I've heard of these. Are they? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, very good. I mean, I still learn it, It's a complete different guitar, but yeah, you know, yeah. But it's okay, you know. <laughs> Life is about taking yeah, risks right. So I, I went with no guitar because I know he was coming. So I, just, <laughs> I went to, with no guitar to San Remo and pick it up, yeah. played, and now so I'll the first here. time you've taken a plane ride in a
0: long time without a guitar, probably. No, I've not. been doing
1: it more often now okay. because it's becoming difficult, mm. and I don't want to take my best instruments yeah. and risk it that they won't let me bring us carry on. Yeah. So I do my best yeah. of course to bring my instrument but sometimes more often than not now I'm just traveling and just playing whatever guitar I can find. A lot of times the luthier's from the local places they appreciate happy. it. I feel yeah, yeah. happy that yeah. they yeah. get the guitar play mm-hmm. and showcase. So yeah. it works fine. On mm-hmm. the second thought is not ideal for you as a player because you know when what you know. Yeah. But yeah. only when you reach certain level, like, you know, What's his name? Horowitz he used to play concerts only on Sundays at 3 p.m. and only with his piano. Yeah. So they will travel everywhere it like, would be like religious thing. But of yeah. course, the piano world is a completely different instrument. Yeah. The moment I can travel with my, my seats and, you know, everything <laughs> perfect, <laughs> then I will be not a guitarist. Yeah. 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 Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure, yeah. both of you. Yes, it's Thank you amazing. for this opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, please help Your local community around, just support by being there. You know, arts is a necessity, it's not a luxury. So make it a necessity for you, for your kids, and for all their friends. And let's make this world a better place. All right, fantastic. Mm -hmm.